Previously on AFTN. The son wakes up in the middle of the night, screaming, yelling, running to his room. Like, Kirk, buddy, what's wrong? He's like, I just had a nightmare. Breck Shea was standing in front of an open goal. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many times he woke up during the, the night. Probably none. It doesn't, things don't really phase him, so he forgets about football when he's away from the he just park. bought himself another hat. Again, and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. If you're watching or if you're listening to this show on the podcast... <laughs> if you're watching it, where if you're I'm, watching, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling creeped I'm, out right yeah, now. Yeah, I feel violated. <laughs> but if you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 269. Giggy. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. I've just come from watching Jimmy Carr doing a live <laughs> show now after being at Jimmy Carr for an hour and a half or an hour and 45 I, minutes because he overran. I'm frightened. Anything could happen tonight. Steve, Steve and I are just going to heckle you all night. Awesome. I've got some great put downs. <laughs> but we're here for a fun-filled two-plus hours. We'll just keep going until we get too tired. Chatting about Whitecaps and Dallas, lots of MLS chat, have a whole section talking about Canadian PL news because it's been a very busy week for that and a lot more beside. But as always, we will kick things off chatting about the Whitecaps. Third 2-2 draw in three games. We only draw 2-2 is the chant I'm expecting from Curva or Southside. Deuces were wild. Three matches in nine days. Three points taken. Simply not good enough, especially when two of them are at home uh, against teams that are below you in the standings. But yet, should we feel happy because of the nature of how we got that third point in Dallas coming back from two goals down? Or should we feel angst because that was three performances that, yeah, just simply were not good enough? Like we were just talking a moment ago, Michael, before the show started, I think the, the, the games, the three games prior to this one, it felt like the uh, the chances created, the performance, if you will, on the pitch should have resulted in three points on each occasion as opposed to two points from those three games. Mm. This game, uh, the point feel felt like it was a bit fortunate, like Dallas probably should have taken all three. Yeah, I mean, if if we'd won against, say, San Jose on Wednesday and then lost against Dallas, I'd have felt in a better mood. Yeah, We would have been a point better off. 
By math, yes. Mm-hmm. Vancouver Armada posed a, a, a question on Twitter because there's a lot of talk, and we did it in our match report, about fighting back, coming from the two goals down. But did they show fight, or was it simply luck? Um, I don't... Well, are you talking about, first of all, the you were talking about the Dallas game, right? First yeah, of all? Okay. just the Dallas game. So, first of all, for the first goal, the res- end of it was luck, but there was a lot of fight in that run that uh, Blondell made to the end line because he was being bumped off by Matt Hedges, like, seriously, like, uh, kind of off. Uh, I do feel he lost a little bit of control, though, and it took the ball... Yeah, but, the but, but, but he then, was under pressure from Hedges. Yeah. It wasn't an easy thing. So he was fighting for that. And then he, he tried. If, if that, if Figueroa hadn't got that to that, there was Kamara in the box and Tichera in the box. Now, I don't know if it would have got to them, but it, they were definitely in the box ready to it, pounce. It, it felt, like, felt like Tony was appealing for something hopeful to happen in the middle of the yes. box. I, I think it was lucky, but we maybe did deserve a little bit of luck because we haven't been getting breaks or. We haven't been taking our chances, which is something that, that we'll look up and we're analysing a lot of the Whitecaps woes, which is just a phrase that we're having to use every week now when we get to part two. I think, I think it, you, the, to answer your question from, from Vancouver Armada, it, it, you can see it both ways because the, there was some fight back, I think, yes. Yeah, because down to nothing, they could easily just sunk their heads and been yeah. done with it and just gone home. But True. you also have to look at it as like Gal, Dallas, in one sense, gifted them two goals. Yeah. Like the, the well, you just talked about the own goal, obviously, but the, the the equalizer was shockingly poor keeping. Yes, it was. And but the, and the, if you talk about luck there, then they were also uh, got unlucky that that uh, that first goal by Kamara that we'll talk about later mm, was taken right. away because that should have been a goal. I think. I th- think so too. We maybe haven't seen a definitive angle on that. Marks out a ten then for the Cats' performance in Dallas. I would say, because it's a road game, I would say give it a 7. Oh, I was going to say maybe 6, 6.5. I was thinking 4 to 6. I'm torn. <laughs> oh, well, that's a really big range. Either just above <laughs> average or just below average. And I'm seeing for the road result in Dallas. Remember, previous if, if, to last yeah, year, okay, they had not got anything. If we're going for the result, I'll go with a 6. Yeah. If we're going on how they played for a lot of the game, I'm going to go with a 4. Yeah, for the but, result, I'm going to go as high as maybe that was the that, that was the way they wanted to play. Now, I have, I, we did, we'll get to rankings later, uh, but there was a question uh, uh, concerning this. On its own, are you satisfied with the result in Dallas? Um, oh, just over 70% said yes, points on the road. Um, are worth their weight in gold where, wherever they come by. And under th- just under 30% said no. After the drop points at home, uh, they need all the p- wins they can get. So That, that is the thing. Uh, we have dropped so many points at home, which is another thing we'll look at in part two. The first half in Dallas. Not a lot to, to write home about from either team, really. I mean, Dallas looked probably the more dangerous or the more likely to score. We but had then, some half chances. But then boom. Yeah. The Whitecaps were beaten by a former Whitecap, Joe Cannon. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> no, was it Joe Cannon? <laughs> he, he's done well. Yeah, Reggie Cannon. The, oh, oh, it was Reggie, okay. Re, the player who comes... I just come. saw, I saw Cannon when I was looking at this score because I, I watched the game afterwards and I was like, Cannon? No. What I was going to say is it's nice to see... Like One of the things Dallas is known for is playing their younger players. Yes. 19-year-old, homegrown. Yeah. Now, the, the, the question, obviously, you always want to assign blame. To a goal when it's given up, especially like that. You, you now, do, Steve. Personally, yes. personally, I got I got three candidates for you. Oh, I got. I obvi- just have one. So that's no, no. The obvious one. <laughs> the Amer- obvious in America, one. In America, usually there's only two. No, no. <laughs> but the obvious one is Brett Levi's. 
uh, because the he, fact he that he was, got he they, was mine. He was he pulled got, into the middle. He got pulled in the middle. He he just swung his uh, foot, didn't get it. The number the other one is Breck because Cannon is a fullback. Breck Shea is supposed to be on that side covering the fullback's runs. Now that's number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, it was a free quick, a free quick, free kick that was quick. <laughs> And um, should somebody have been over the ball to make sure it didn't go off very quick? They kind of shot I, I off think, at that point. I think those you can guys call are, those free quicks from now on. Yeah, free quicks there. Yeah. So, what, like, I know Brett Levi's is the obvious, but is there some blame to be assigned to those other two? Because we didn't really, because we didn't get a good view. Because whoever was doing the broadcast, they were just like let it go, and they were watching something else while something else was going on too. I have to say though, when it went in. I didn't. I didn't see any way back. Even at that point, even at one 0 I was like, "Mr. Pessimist," had my pessimist hat on. It's got a big P on it. Mm-hmm. If all the goal felt a little deja vu to uh, Lima's goal, yes, for San Jose, yeah. maybe Vela's goal. We're giving up a, a. I yeah. didn't have a chance to look at this. I meant to, but we are giving up a lot of goals from the edge of the box this season, or at least it feels that we are. And then. When you're doing that, you're kind of thinking about the guys tracking back and not tracking the guys back. So little break, little break, yeah. Also, also the shot stopping, maybe pile on the labradoodle. No, but I think also you got to look at that. Is a like you said, it was a quick free kick. Almost said it again, Uh, but uh, but usually you have somebody just standing in front, willing to take that you know that yellow card if the Mm -hmm. guy kicks it at them. Nobody did it this time, and they just stood around and it was. Felipe would have been the kind of guy to do that. Yeah, I think he'd already picked up his yellow card. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Dallas started the second half strong, but game fell into a bit of a lull. They didn't feel like any real urgency from the Caps to get into it. And the commentators alluded to, well, one of the questions that they posed to each other was, oh, do you think the Caps will now just go for the attack? And it's like, nah, they're not going to do that till, till later. There wasn't any real urgency. It's like they felt, no, this game plan can work. We still just have to have this defence-minded thing, soak up the pressure, you kind of always feel that things won't change. They won't change their shape soon enough or switch to an attacking style till, till later in the match. What you're saying makes, like, it sounds like deja vu to Seattle away in the yeah. cup last year. Yeah. We could call this episode deja vu. I think I'm going to go with never say die, but D-A-I for the, the, the Welsh that makes sense. connection. Dallas, though. Well, actually, before we get to Dallas, Kamara had a goal ruled out. 56th minute, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, somewhere there. Seemed very little in it to me when I was watching it. Afterwards, Robo said he'd been told that Kamara had been holding keeper Jimmy Maurer's hand. But that was not possible arms. because he, they were yeah. moving together and kind of connecting. I thought it was it? more that he'd maybe jumped into him, but I still but I didn't I feel see like, enough. I feel like the keeper jumped into Kamara more than Kamara I thought they would have reviewed him. it, but yeah. the whistle, I think, had blown before it was in the back of the net, so yeah. technically it, it wasn't a goal. Yeah. Which is why, isn't why, aren't they supposed to... Let it go. Let it go a little bit so that you can... Let it go. Yeah, you... <laughs> let it go. I thought the Caps would be frozen out by that point, but no. <laughs> Blundell. From Brian Rowe. Yeah, very long kick forward. I like my Route 1 football. In, on goal, should have done better in the 72nd minute, I felt. That's what a top striker does. He gets on the end of that, but buries it. Or at least gets a, a shot on uh, goal. But again, he was hassled quite he a bit He was closed there. down quickly, but do, I, do you think I still... He, do you think if he had gone down a little bit, do you think there would have been a call for penalty there? Or do you think no? Mm, not enough there to... Probably not enough. Okay. But then I felt Dallas had killed the game off 12 minutes from time. Maxi Aruti 
guy that's done it against the cap so many times for Portland and Dallas. And that was Blundell's turnover too. That was a poor yeah. pass in the yeah. and it was it wasn't that much in the middle of the park, but it was just on the edge of it on Dallas's side. Yeah, the game and the game felt like it was over. Like you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. But it wasn't. That fighting lucky spirit, the fighting Irish. Luck of the Irish. I don't know which one of the two it the was. The fight of the Irish, luck of the Irish. Yeah. Joe Deasy. Joe, oh, need Joe here tonight to, to get through all our Irish stuff. Own goal, Figueroa. Good work from Blundell. I do feel he overran the ball a little bit. First road goal in 262 minutes. Figueroa, though. I mean, it felt to me that Blundell, as you mentioned or alluded to, Cut it back just in the hope that something might happen. It was like he which was just a good striker. He was just pleading for someone to get no, on the end. But of there it. were two people, which is not, not that wouldn't happen normally. Kamara and Tichera actually were in the box in prime position if that had gotten through. That's the fight back that, yeah, that's some we're talking about. But I mean, Figueroa, bad, bad defending. I, I, I think he just tra- tried to block it so he would go back on the on the end line. Yeah. I don't know if he was, what else he could have done. I mean, even with that. I didn't really fancy our chances of, of getting a second. Deep into eight minutes into the seven minutes of time well, added on. Well, it's because it was very hot and they did the... They hydration did the break. Hydration break in both half, right? Yeah. I think the first half, was it like not Was it nine? 30 minute mark they did it. Yeah, yeah, but how much time was added on? Do you remember? The first Ooh, half? Was it first half? Yeah. Five minutes. Only five, right. I, I, I was watching it with my wife and I was saying to her, oh, this is one of my favorite things that's about to happen the clock on the screen is going to go from 99 to 100. I, I like those simple things. Yeah. And then it got to 99.57, and then they cut away for a replay. <laughs> and I never got to see it change to 100. It's the little things that make me happy. And it didn't happen And, and my wife as well. Yeah. But yeah, late penalty drama. Definitely a penalty. Jimmy Morrow straight through on Blondell. Hit him kind of in the face and the throw. At first, I, th- I, I thought, thought it was clothesline. I thought it was clothesline. No, it, it was like... more kind of like just doing the visuals here for yeah, the video, yeah. which is, is good. <laughs> As, so, yeah, he gets punished for that. But really, it's the howler before that when he goes up to get the ball where he misses it, it bounces, and then it gets headed or put back way up into the air. Yeah. Then he has to challenge was for a second a time. Was there a foul on Myra though from AHA? That's what Dallas I, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Not, not based it, on... His on hands were up and arms were kind of all like... T- all, t- all, Texan Bre- all Texans Brexche aside were calling for that to be a foul, but no. No, I, I think I think that was the same thing where Aha and uh, the keeper met each other, and I think Aha had better position, and that's why the foul wasn't called. In a one sense, I feel like maybe the keeper felt like, "Hey, I got fouled in that one. Yeah, I can go a little. I bit think strong, was, I can go a little bit firmer, stronger. I think he maybe was looking for the foul, and I think I think the Whitecaps really were physical on him for most of the game, bumping into him quite a bit. Maybe he just got tired of it, and then when he went after Blondell, he just lost it. Well, I'm I'm with Caldwell doing the commentary, and goalkeepers do get too much protection. I like when they're bowled over, and they, like in the good old days. But Kai Kamara steps up, does what your million dollar man you're wanting him to do. That was an just. Aw- that was an awful <laughs> penalty. Yeah. Yes. An awful like. That would have been the fine line moment of the match if the sh- you missed that. The short run up, the putting it at the perfect height. Oh, and the, this, yes, and the this height do- was perfect. He, for he's a lucky that this dodgy keeper couldn't couldn't get enough on it to keep it out. Yes. I, 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 like, yeah. Latest stoppage time goal in MLS, MLS history, history by one second. Have you seen some of the tweets? No. Oh. <laughs> you haven't I, seen the I tweets? I saw Kai Kamara's tweet. Yes. Yeah, yeah we saw it. We're going to talk about it. Oh, okay. It's, oh, it's hilarious. Well, let's just come to that now. Yeah. So, yeah, he was 
some Dallas till I die guy put something out about oh Kamara spent so much time on the ground yeah, yeah. my daughter was like yelling at him and stuff my his 13 year old daughter yeah. and Kai, Kai Kamara just responded and he, and he tagged Kai in there yeah. so, that, so, so that he would see it and Kai just responded oh was she one of the 13 folk that I heard shouting no, no, at no, me no 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 he said but can she score a penalty in the 100th minute with 13 people booing <laughs> It was a very poor crowd. Well, the I know end, it was hot. The, the end sides were just completely They probably left to, to beat the traffic, not Possibly. expecting the Whitecaps to get anything back. But yeah. stealing a point, you have to say. They, do you feel they deserve that? I don't in the slightest. But I, they did deserve more from the previous two games, so I'm fine with it. I, I have no problem with the way they earned it, because it is a world game. That's the way I expect yeah, them to I, play I don't care own. if we deserve it or not, yeah. but we, have, we did steal it. It feels a little bit they, 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 on the on the the game as a whole. Yeah, I do, you you feel like Dallas should have got three points, but I don't think Dallas ran them off the pitch though. I don't. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think Dallas ran them off the pitch. Yeah, they have. They got two goals from one shot on goal. Dallas were poor, yeah. and the only shot on goal was a penalty, the penalty that went, the they went at the keeper. That's, that's the the thing. We scored two goals <laughs> with one shot on goal. That is the efficiency that yeah. the front office are looking for. I think for. there was a par- there was a party at the FO this week. What's, to the, sh- what's the shooting percentage on that game? Two hundred percent. Jimmy Maurer, the Dallas keeper, said afterwards it was a hit in the mouth for his team, which was quite ironic, <laughs> considering how he gave away the, the equalising yeah. goal. Yeah. But that's some of our thoughts on the game. We'll play you the, the audio now, just a little bit from Oscar Perea, because so much of his post game was in Spanish. Questions to him in Spanish and answers in Spanish. So I plucked out the English bits and then a little bit as well from Robo. Well, with the frustration of the end of the game, uh, the analysis, the analysis get hard, especially because we still have our head. Uh, it's crumble with uh, with just happened. So I'm gonna try to be the most uh, accurate and and objective on the analysis. I thought it was uh, a hard day for both teams, where we couldn't find the rhythm in the first half or second half. I thought it was patches where. Uh, we look good and we create some actions, but now with the frequency that we normally have and them mm, waiting for us and for a mistake or something, I, th- I thought it was at the end when they start just putting numbers out front. But we can complain about uh, the chances we create. I mean, the team has scored uh, two good goals. Uh, we have uh, chances to score a couple more so with the goal. Open that we will decide the game, and uh, and then we end up with uh, <laughs> with that end. I was very heartbroken for for our players, and I hope that we all learn from that and um, and, and keep going. You know, the first goal, uh, something that we could have controlled more. The first goal that we gave away, naiveness for us. We gotta get over that. Gotta get that better. The second goal. You all saw it after eight minutes, uh, adding and also what it, it just uh, makes me more difficult to digest is that uh, prior to that ball, it was an offside that mm, I already saw that it wasn't. It was called. 
So that's that's what uh, that it make me uh, more frustrated, and 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 we'll see. We will come with uh, with the result, and we will keep moving forward. Yeah, it was very eventful, especially towards the end. You know, we we've, we've got to focus on our performance, and we're two 0 down away in a very difficult place in in warm weather against a really good team, and. We managed to claw our way back, so lots of positives, a gutsy performance. I think we got what we deserved in the end, if I'm being totally honest, um, but we did make it make it difficult for ourselves. A solid opening 45, but it must have been disappointing to give it a goal away in the 40th. Yeah, when you switch off at any level, football teams can hurt you, and obviously we know they got good players and one moment of lapse of concentration, and, and they managed to score a goal, and I think we, you know, we were fairly comfortable in the first half, but we had to regroup at half-time. And then we went for another little push after the water break. And within two minutes, we give away a second goal. But we didn't go under. We didn't give in. We kept believing. We kept passing the ball. Um, and obviously, we got the reward. Uh, everyone made a difference today. The subs came in, made a difference. Just what was your, your thoughts on Anthony's play coming in, in the second half there? He was excellent. The guys in the locker room you know, m- mentioned him specifically because when you're a sub, it's easy to sulk or be disappointed that you don't start the game. But subs are there to come on and make a difference. And he certainly did that. I think he should have scored earlier. He got a chance where the ball dropped for him and he took too long to hit the ball. Um, but he never gave in. He, he worked the offside line. He got him run the back. He created the own goal. And obviously the, the penalty decision was on him as well. So lots of positives. And the thing that pleased me most, we've had three very difficult games in a week. And coming to a place like this, we knew it was going to be against the odds, really. Um, but the belief in that locker room is fantastic. And we've got to keep believing. We'll have a few days rest and we'll prepare for our next home game. What does it say about the character of the lads having three games now where they've gone down and come back and got some points out of the games? Yeah, unbelievable character the group have got. You know, I don't want us to be behind. That's the thing that we've got a lot of work to do on because I think we're getting punished for every little mistake that we make. You know, the the first goal that their right back scored was deja vu in the last two games. I think we've conceded two or three goals like that, so we're going to have to work at that. We have to get up to the ball on the edge of the box. But those are little details from from the defensive standpoint. So if we can tidy up that, continue to believe with the spirit that group has got, then we're, we're a match for anyone on our day. Do you have uh, any explanation given on Kai's goal that was called back? He said he was holding the goalkeeper's arm, so I'm not sure. I haven't actually seen it. I'll I'll have a look at it. I hope he has held his arm because, as far as, as I was aware, it was a good goal. And if it is, then obviously the goals will get reviewed by the VAR. So I'll have to look at it myself before I make comment on it. The gaffers there talking about the drama in Dallas. More drama than when J.R. was shot. Going back a little bit, I think a lot of our student listeners will probably have no idea what I'm talking about. I didn't think Dallas looked that great. They didn't look great shape. But a lot of lethargy, I guess, both teams. Do you put that down to the heat? Do we just make teams look bad because of our playing style? Well, obviously not KC, but... Other teams are... It wasn't a classic game. No. No. Dallas, like I said, Dallas didn't do anything special. Um, they allowed Vancouver to stay in it. They they made a... I think they took Diaz off at one point and put a DM yeah, in that. nothing. And, yeah, but they took... He was an attacker. They took him off and, and they just went really conservative and they kind of kind of allowed Vancouver yeah. to get back I mean, I, I'm joking to be make good teams look bad, but... To be serious about stuff, maybe we nailed our game plan 
we made them look bad because our game plan was spot on. I think when you take when you take the game out of the context of all the stuff that's been going on recently, yeah, a point on the road is a positive thing. I don't think this point on the road and the performance does anything to change anyone's perspective on where, where they're probably at right not. Now. And there was a poll question which we'll, we'll just come to before the break here. Yeah, so I asked uh, people uh, rank the two two results that we've had uh, from best to worst, and seventy two percent. Say FC Dallas is was the, the best, best result, best two two, yeah, best two yeah. two result because it was away from home. Away from home, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, it was a game we expected to lose. Eighteen percent had San Jose, and then nine nine uh, percent had uh, Houston. Hmm. So uh, I think I, I would say that would be the order I because because San Jose, I think they felt like they, there was more chances, and they should have put that game away. <laughs> there was, and yeah. we will come to that in part two, and we will be back with part two after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. Oh, Dallas, shine with the evil light. Don't you know that God stays up all night? How'd you turn up? You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Our last show tonight, I believe, Zach. <laughs> I, I was running some of the Jimmy Carr jokes by the guys that I was hoping to use in the later parts. and Yeah. If it was 11 o'clock, different story, maybe. So I, we, for, will, we will go past 11. So you're saying I can do that then? If you want to go for it, once we sign off, sure. yes. we'll come back on. We'll yeah. see the Jimmy, oh, Cl- yeah, but we'll, Jimmy Carr we'll do hour. Michael tells Jimmy Carr jokes. Michael Reed tells, yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that way it saves you from editing too. Very true, yes. Which you're which you're gonna have to do. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're not gonna talk too much more about the Dallas game, but we do want to talk a little bit about some of the players' performances out of this, and then we'll talk about some stuff coming out of the last three matches. So we'll start things off with our favorite bit. The player rankings, baby. you like that song they're coming to play in vancouver i think in november at the vogue the beat that's good Mm. um so do you want uh because i did two we didn't obviously have the other one because uh joe guys they recorded right after the game yes um do you want the san jose one first yeah let's do san jose i'll I'll do it really quickly um we did the bottom three obviously taking out the subs you got jose aha at uh number three about uh, sorry the bottom and then uh second from the bottom is brian rowe and then third from the bottom is Efren Juarez. The, uh, top five, uh, you got uh, in fifth place, Felipe. Fourth place, Kai Kamara. Third place, Marcel De Jong. Two, Christian Tichera. And one with the tying goal, Jordi Reyna. I think had, it was his best game. He had, he had a nice setup on the on the opening goal as well. Yeah, goal and assist is I, the Peruvian back. Marcel Marcel got a lot of praise for that game too in terms of his Yeah, he won one of the match. I thought, he did, I, thought, I thought he did really well in that game. How many players got passing grade? 54% said 0-4 to four and 45% said 5-9. to nine. Nobody thought 10-13. to 13. Where do you rank the coaches? 
Uh, top spot was five to nine. Then it was one to four, ten to thirteen, and only few people said fourteenth spot. Thoughts on the Whitecap finishing? This is a question we had at, at that after that game. The top spot was sixty-six. Two thirds of the people said finishing will not be their strongest asset. Twenty-nine, <laughs> 29% said eventually they will capitalize on their chances and 4% weren't sure. Hmm. Biggest concern over the last few games, and again, this is between finishing and defending, um, and this was begun before yesterday. Uh, finishing was 58% and defending was 42%. I can understand why that's so close because I'm, I'm quite torn as well. I mean, the, the defense is really worrying just now. But a lot of the goals were given up. You can point a lot of fingers at the midfield players. And the thing is, if you think of it, two goals should be enough to get you victories. Not yes. every game, but most games you should. Well, well is, isn't it? Then it's over two up. goals a game. Yeah, you yeah. can't give up two goals a yeah, game. That's and what I'm saying. To get two goals, to, you score two goals, you should get points. But if I, you're giving up two. I think I was looking at before Wednesday, but wasn't it over two per game? The average? Goals against? Yeah. I think it was 1.83. Okay. So still pretty close to two. Pretty sure I read that this morning. So we'll go uh, now to the FC Dallas game. Um, in the bottom is Bernie Beanie, and we'll talk about him soon. Mm. Um, then you got Breck Shea, mm. and then you got Brian Rowe. Mm. Um, uh, but I thought he did really well, uh, better than uh, in previous games. And again, none of the goals you can blame him on no. at all. Uh, this is, yeah, here's the thing. Okay, you, you can't, blame, uh, can't blame him on some of the goals. He's trying his hardest, all that kind of stuff. But, like, we've seen goalkeepers of his size, and we've had goalkeepers in the past who are bigger than him, mm-hmm. who I think either get to some of these shots. Yeah, I or, agree with that. Or are better positioned to yep. get to some of these shots. I agree so with that. So, not to, not to pile on him a little bit, yeah. but I, I, at, to me, at best, he is a backup keeper. Yo, for sure. Well, and a I, couple of inches is really important. I don't think he's as, as, as athletic as Marinovic or Elsted when you talk about, like, those, you know, wonder stops. Yeah, Marinovic is, I would say, more athletic. Number f- uh, top five, uh, number five spot, Felipe. Uh, number four spot, Russell Tybert. Three, Anthony Blondell. Two, Kai Kamara. And number one again, Jordi Reina. You got both times number one. Hmm. How many players got a passing? That's through? weird. What? Yeah, I, I don't I don't really remember Reina doing much against Dallas. Well, Robbo in the post game did say he was excellent. They did a lot of things that they wanted him to do. So maybe there was some... Something there. Uh, how many players got a passing grade? It was exactly the same as the previous game, 0-4, to 5-9, to nine, and nobody voted 9-14. to 14. Where do you rank the coaching staff? Again, very similar. 6-10 to 10 was number 1. 1-5 one to five was number 2. 11-14 to was number 3. And again, a few people voted for 15th overall. Okay. So, some interesting things coming out of that, which we were going to talk about some of the men away. We'll start off then with Bernie, Beanie, and Brexit. I expected... Or bottom two. Yeah, I expected both of them to play against Dallas because the the subs on Wednesday night, you could tell that Robbo really had his eye on those players playing on Saturday because they were so late subs, the couple that even did come on. Shea, Texas lad, you'd expect him to to play down there against his his former team. Well, he did well in the game in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his new haircut. Dreads. I, I think he might have been wearing a new hat. Mm-hmm. Which I called last you week. You did. You said so, he was getting. So this hat. is where I might. I, I think it was a dreadful haircut. No, dreadful mix. This is where I go against the green because I I really like dreadlocks. I don't care. Really? I know some people say depending on who they're on, whatever. 
I yeah, I personally like dreadlocks. I don't so mind him either. I I'm not, uh, not going to. I think uh, yeah, he's up to the he's up to the hair quality in the side. Oh. But but that's obviously not important. Mm. But, and I'm saying that as a person who did have dreads for a couple of years back in the day. Really? Uh, we need yeah, a picture. No, we need We need a picture. You didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah. When, even when I got married, I had dreads. Wow. But Brexit and Benny Benny, I, I felt they did nothing in the game at all. They were just posted missing. Yeah, like, again, when you talk about the, the, talk about the first goal, no, second goal, everything's, everything's burned together. Uh, yeah, the first goal. You know, we talk about, you know, Steve, you talk about Brett being absent on that side. He, he, he's not consistently absent, in my opinion. There are times where you see, oh, yeah, he makes the effort. He, he, he helps defensively. But his inconsistency is disturbing, I think. Yeah. And and we don't need to go into the, the same old discussion about, you know, where he is in the roster and all that kind of stuff. But the fact or, or what he earns the fact the fact that the fact that he, he's not able to contribute more um defensively is should be should be concerning but i mean bernie Binney's started three of the last four or had run outs in three of the last four and i was saying that he needs to run the team to kind of show what he's got he's getting that run and he's not doing anything there was rumors that australian side perth were maybe interested in, in taking him back to oz uh, he, I just don't see what he's adding to the team right now. I, I agree with you there. I I think the I think I think they've had a run now. I, I think it was a lot of because of the congestion of games mm. they had to put him out there. And I and there was one game where he didn't show anything and he started the next game and again yes, didn't show anything. Yeah. And then now it's the Both third of them time in starting a row. together though. It's it's not a good sign. I, I just don't think it's a no. it's a good combo. Yeah, I think, one of them and somebody else. Yeah, Shea with Teixeira, Ibini with Davies. That might work a with lot. Bernie, better. With Bernie, with Bernie, the difference for me with Bernie is at least I feel like his heart's in it. You feel like he, you yeah. feel like I, he cares. I just think he really feels I've got to prove yeah. that I deserve to be a starter here. No, I think I, I think that they need to really look at if they if they if they want to rotate and everything. I think instead of putting Ibini and Shea out there. You got to put Blondell with one of them if you're going to be not going to bring Tichera on the road as much. I think Blondell he's shown that he can make those runs uh, wide. Yeah, he, as he did on the guy. On Saturday. So um, uh, I think he can do it. I, th- I think he's the guy that you want to put instead of a Bernie Beanie. Mm. And I think maybe call back Meyer Bevan. Maybe he can do something on the wing. I don't know how, what his foot speed is like. I haven't seen him uh, in runs like that. But maybe he can do something. And he scored wonder goals from. That distance, anyways. Obviously, he'd be behind Kamara and Tony. Do you think like Bernie sh- should have some more runouts when they're rotating the squad up top? I'd like to see him as a striker because I think with that two, is, with, sorry, in a two. Yeah, I think yeah. that is where but we my, could see the best. But offer. my only issue is there. Then you're taking off Jordi Reina. Uh, or and him he, and, and, he, and, and he seems to be yeah, really good up top. There. Well, we should talk about that as well. Two games now that Reina started up top in a two. Yeah, which is a little bit surprising. I know I had a discussion with someone when he saw what the team was on Wednesday and he was like, what is going on? Is Robo tripping? Why are you playing Reina as a two? And I was like, well, that's what he played. He was a second striker when he was well, over in Austria. Well, Blundell, was, Tony wasn't even in the squad on, on Wednesday, no. right? So it was they like, took a knock the, the game before. Right. He hadn't, he hadn't been at training. Right. Yeah. So what, what, what else are you going to do? I think, that, I think that was a good place, a good place to play... Uh, to play Jordy on uh, on that night, and I think you saw on Wednesday that like a s- sublime, nice quality, a quality pass for yeah. the goal. 
Like it reminded me of of, of uh, Tony's setup to him in in uh, in Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. This nice, perfect through ball guy in in alone for the chance. I, I that's think, what that's what you want yeah, from him. Kamara Blondell, Reina together, is an exciting prospect. As long as they can put in a good defensive shift, yeah. Which Kamara did. He played quite deep, and I talked about it preseason. He he's a guy that does put in some really good defensive play. Now. Russell Tybert got some stick online. He was fourth there in our sort of player rankings there. And Whitecaps tweeted out today he had a game highs and touches, 72, 55 successful passes, and 93.22 passing accuracy. I, th- I thought he had a good game. Now, I think uh, I think it was squad player, Russell Beresford. He tweeted out uh, something, uh, I think it was one of the stat sheets about his passing and everything. Now, he didn't make very many passes going forward. But his yeah, his accuracy that. was much better, and he was obviously a lot more active on the field too. Yeah. Uh, I think he helps them helps usually helps them keep keep possession, and he's good at playing a central defensive role. And he does have he has it in him to make contributions going forward. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, and 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 I know you, you can't kind of bring it all boil it all down to this, but you look at how the results of when he's been in the side this year, and it's hard not to. See the positive correlation. Yeah. Now, heading into Dallas, it was a game I, I personally was fearing. I wasn't looking forward to it. I expected the worst after some of the recent performances, especially San Jose and Wednesday. Houston, RSL away before that. Those were teams that you kind of looked forward to because you felt that the Caps could win, especially the home games, but the away game in RSL, you felt that they could win that, and then they didn't. This was something that Joe and Nick touched on in the preview podcast, but just to get your thoughts on it, what team now do we say realistically, oh, that should be an easy game, or, yep, that, that's three points for the Caps? I, are there any? Like, I, yeah. when, when you're when you're six, Maybe Colorado. Yeah, well, Colorado is, is shockingly poor, as well. maybe we'll talk about it later. But I, today, I, today yeah. or this weekend they were. But if you look at this, if you're 16th in the spending table, like, yeah, every game is going to be difficult. Everyone's gonna have to be at their levels or above for you to get results, <laughs> right? You can't totally. quote unquote, right? Like that, like that's a legi- that's that's legitimately where things are at. And so, if people can't, if people don't recognize that, um, I don't. If they can't, if people haven't come to grips with that yet, and yeah. and, and been been okay with that, or you it's know. gonna be a tough season. I think. And, and there's there's tough games even for the top teams. Oh yeah, Atlanta, it uh, like is not. Uh, they're, they they took a loss today, and it and was three one the last I saw. Yeah, it was ended three one too, and that was at home. And so there's not there's not an easy game ever. No. I would I would have been happy for them if it wasn't for the, their opponent. <laughs> well, hopefully the injury that, that happened to Kamar Lawrence is not as bad. He was yeah. knocked out for like eight minutes, and, oh, and they had to, they stretchered him off and yeah. everything like that. It was pretty bad. Oh wow! It was twelve minutes of added time. So the Whitecaps, if somebody scored in that eleven twelve minute, there would oh, have been the latest goal. Lost his yeah, record. yeah. But there was two more points dropped at home against San Jose on Wednesday. Obviously, Joe and Nick covered that game. We won't go into that. But nine points dropped now from the first six matches at home. That's half the points left on the table. What's behind that? How do we fix that? Uh, well, I think you, we've already mentioned. I think number one, to me, the number one thing seems to be the finishing. Seems there's been enough chances, especially in these recent matches, to 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 yeah. get the get well, the results. F- Fifteen against Houston, twenty two against San Jose. Yeah, 
And, and so I, the finishing for me is number one. The, the second thing is obviously the, def- the defense. And with Kendall leaving after the game against New England, that's going to be a massive hole to fill. Yeah. Does he come back? He's well, that's, back. that's, I mean, that's he's going to come back. Uh, oh, to get stuff. Yeah, get stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I agree with you there. But if, you, I, if, if I compare it, if I compare it just to two, to two sets of games, right? Um, one, two that I was really down on LA, the two LA games. And then I compare the last two games. I'm a little bit more optimistic about the last two games than I am about the previous games. So I'm kind of on an upward swing when it comes. Not it's not a, it's not a, a meteor, meteoric rise, but it is kind of curving upwards. Um, so I think um, I think I'm, I'm there right now. So I think they're on the verge of fixing it at home, but they're still not there. They're still th- that obviously that mis- the finishing that they need to do for you, Steve. Is that because I remember those games? It was just no effort. Effort, effort. There was yeah. no effort, and they, they are showing some of that now. Yeah, they they are. There's a lot of concern at both ends of the pitch. Yeah, I mean you, you just can't get away from that. It was mentioned in the commentary by Luke Wildman, I think it was, that Robo indicated to him when they chatted on Friday that there would be no more major additions in the summer. I don't believe that to be true, but getting aside from that, if that was the case, this is going to then be the squad, maybe minus some reductions or some bit part squad players that he might add, that he feels can get us to the playoffs. Is is this squad good enough? No. The is it lacking in now? The thing is, major additions. I think he may be talking about big names. I think I think he meant DP. Yeah. Oh, not even DP. I think he. It could be DP, but I think it's big names, like the big European names or or yeah. South American I, names. I think there will. I think there will be at least one addition in the summer. It, there was nearly one before the window shut. Well, regard, regardless, if, if there is, if there is or there isn't, I think this is. A, I think this is a better way to manage expectations. Say, well, there's say there's not, well. nothing, yeah. nothing, things, yeah. nothing's going to happen, and if something does happen, through, yeah, yeah. If you, it's like, and, and I say that not knowing what's happening yeah. or not happening on this. If you're not expecting much, and then something good happens, that's well, we already got much. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Oh, we're doing. He's actually in part five, so yeah. we'll, we'll we'll hear him. But yeah, yeah, do we? Because I mean, who knows when he's coming back? Stefan Marinovic as well. There's been no confirmation. Of of how long he's going to be out for? Yeah, I, I Neil Henry went down injured in the warm ups for Ottawa Fury. So I haven't had an update. That's going to be encouraging news for Aaron Mond. Yes, <laughs> not encouraging then when you only have two centre backs on your roster. Obviously, right. Ali Gazal, maybe Efrain Juarez could slot in there. Terrifying thought, possibly, but yeah, t- two centre backs. With Kendall away and Daniel possibly injured, I think Ali Gazal should take the penalties from now on. I don't know. <laughs> there, there was a funny story from <laughs> from training that I told Zach that I won't share because um, I might have to cut that out as well. No, um, you're right. It's not encouraging, and even for like Aaron Mont hasn't been like Gazal's been the, the 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 replacement center back in the 18 in the last like yeah. two or three matches or whatever it's been. Yeah, that has been so a, bit of a surprise. Kendall's going to be leaving. Sounds like. Uh, but Don, we don't Daniel's know if, if, if Henry's injury is a bad one or if it was just a, a slight twinge. But the fact that he's just going... I mean, he was apparently doing really well for Ottawa. But, they hadn't given up a goal. But even him. if he is or if he isn't, you're you're, so you're going to have Jose and you're going to have oh, it's Aaron. It's going to be Aaron There's no yeah. way Henry comes back no. and, and slots in. He might play the Canadian Championship games. I'd expect him to. Those are in July, though. Yeah. That's after the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, that's true. Kendall's probably back by then. 
Or will we be? <laughs> I love you guys keep saying that. Now, oh, I, that, that was one of the big white cap stories of the week. He was named to the, the Costa Rican World Cup squad. Yeah. No one else was. It's a tough group he's in, though. Uh, Bolo was. Ali Gazal wasn't named to the Costa Rican World Cup squad. No. No. Or Benny Abini. He wasn't named to the Costa Rican <laughs> World Cup squad. Or me. No, you're definitely not. I was hoping for a call-up. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Announcer? I still have a Co- bad about vibes color? about Costa Rica. Because no. they destroyed Scotland 4-1 in the 1990 World Cup. That was, Or was it 1-0? <laughs> We've lost so many games. Well, 4-1 might have been another tournament. Well, the teams they're playing are capable of destroying them yes. this year. There's the Brazilians. Yes. No, they can, they'll beat them 6-1. Not quite as good as Germany. <laughs> Chocolate Boys. Switzerland? Mm-hmm. And I would just team, say... Team Tobler? Yeah, yeah. Just, just say, say Serbia. Serbia. Just say Serbia. Don't, don't, don't bring anything there. Um, but... <laughs> My mind was going there. The Eagles. I thought you were going to say the Eagles. The Eagles, uh, yes. Yeah. Hotel California. Um, there's, but There's been rumors as well. There is. There was a rumor as well. You were talking about, I don't know if this is the guy that they were talking about that might be in line. Just don't before don't the you love it though when MLS soccer report rumors? Well, they reported it based on somebody's can they, tweet. Can you not just call someone in the office next door and go, is this, is this happening? It was based on a tweet from a journalist, I think. Yes. Uh, oh, then it's legit. Yeah. Uruguayan uh, forward. He's 5'8". Because we need So he's there. definitely not a target forward. Uh, Facundo Barcelo. Barcelo? Barcello. Barcello. There I'm you go. go Maybe they, um, I don't think he's Italian, though. Um, uh, but they rumored uh, that he might be in line for Vancouver. Now, again, he's 5'8", so maybe he's uh, uh, forward slash number 10 that well, they're looking for, a cheaper option. Ticks the box. Cheap yeah. option, as you just said. South American. Cheap. Yep. And number three, cheap. Cheap. Well, we'll call him the it, budgie boy. The only thing about that is, like, if you do, if uh, someone with those characteristics does come in, it's not at least they have a big man. They have, well, they have sort of one big man and one. Well, I don't know how you describe Tony. He's not big, but he's not he's, small. He's six one or six three. Yeah, but uh, before in the past, it was like when we all had guys who were six feet or under. It felt a little bit awkward that there wasn't someone bigger. So, uh, I, if that's the kind of player they brought in to complement to help with finishing, yeah, at a, at a like could a, he be the new Nicholas Mosquito? I think I would or, say, or I would say Sebastian, Jordi Reina. Fer, Sebastian Fernandez or Jordi Reina to be like a kind of a compliment to him when he's not able to play. But but that doesn't sound like a difference maker out of like, no right, no. Sure. right off that, the bat. That is, that's coming to the big name. Yes, that, that, not coming this in. is what we're we are lacking a proper number ten. Yeah, does it matter? Though the way that Robo lines his, his teams up, that we don't have that number ten, or is that the the thing that is is missing from us? A number ten will obviously have some chances to score, but he's going to be the creator. If we're still not putting the ball in the back of the net, does it matter if we have a number ten or not? We are creating chances just now. Yeah, we're not creative, super creative, but you're right. We are creating yeah. chances. We're just not finishing them. But but a but a, dy- a difference maker, dynamic difference maker in terms of being creative in the middle, yeah. could change everything. Now the attendance the last couple of games uh, not that great, but they I consider Friday I consider Friday games a midweek game because people are yeah. getting off work. Well, you just call it midweek, a midweek yeah. or uh, seven, a weeknight, seven, a weeknight, weeknight. Yeah. yeah, weeknight yeah. game, and then even uh, the obviously and the Wednesday game wasn't that greatly attended. I don't know what they announced for seven, attendance. Seven, seven, yeah, seven thirty on a Wednesday though. It's yeah, shocking. It's hard to do. The, the New England game, I believe, is close to being sold out. Yeah. 
That's a yeah. three and again, p.m. start. And two thirty. Two thirty. Again, it's after the Champions League. But that's the thing: if the Champions League goes late, you're gonna have yeah. You're gonna have people but in the, in the concourse they watching tickets, it. Okay. They'll be watching it in the concourse, basically. I want to give a big shout out to Robert Earnshaw, assistant down in Fresno, but took the team on Wednesday for the U.S. Open Cup game. Adam Smith was out the country. That's the only way Whitecaps are going to start on the team. Yes, two 0 win after extra time against Orange County. Terry Three Campbell Caps started. Yeah, no. Terry Campbell scored the winner, ninety fifth winner, and set up the uh, the second, second goal too. Yeah. yeah. And Matthew Baldissimo came on as well, so that was good. Oh, Baldissimo was there. Yeah, he's, okay. he's still alive. I was getting worried. And the last White Caps news of the week: Marcel de Jong signed a new deal, so that was good news. It's good for him. Now, I, how many options are in there, and how many actual years? He signed till twenty nineteen, mm, with, with an, an op- option op- for twenty twenty. Okay. That, that was one of, one of the small points of discussion in the last couple of weeks I've seen about him. Is how does he feel? Because he basically is a left winger who's been played a lot of left back. Yes. When you when you look at your he's been on like what one fifty or whatever, and you look at a guy making what was like six times more than you, uh, who plays like what twenty minutes a game or whatever, like playing in front, like how does that work itself out in the? Yeah, it's always awkward. I got a chance though to to speak to Marcel De Jong along with Squire Barnes. Really? Yeah. Uh, training on Tuesday. Wow. So let's play that for you now. Hey, so Marcel, you've got a, a new contract extension. Peace of mind for you. I know it's a, a kind of game where you can move around a lot, but does this give you some stability? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I think it's uh, at a certain age uh, when you get a new new contract, uh, it's 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 really nice. Uh, you can uh, think about uh, uh, after career stuff, but uh, not that I'm thinking about that too much because I'm uh, I feel still. Uh, Fit so uh, no, but I'm I'm happy with the, with the new contract obviously and uh, yeah I'm just excited to uh, to keep uh, playing uh, for a couple more years for the Whitecaps. Now last year you had the battle with Jordan obviously for the starting spot. This year Brett Levi's has come in and given you a battle. How much do you thrive in that competition at your age to, to keep raising your game to another level? Yeah, I mean uh, it's 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 tough, but it's also good for you. I mean it keeps you sharp, keeps you uh, keeps you focused. Uh, and uh, Brett Levi's has done uh, really well, and uh, and uh, he's he's making it difficult for me and for the coach. And uh, but uh, yeah, it keeps me it keeps me uh, my A game, and uh, so you have to keep uh, keep training hard, playing good every game, every week in, week out. So uh, it's good for us. Uh, yeah, so we got a couple of battles uh, on the field, uh, other positions as well. So it's not just me. Uh, we got a whole group uh, group of players uh, who can uh, fill in for each other. So it's good. The, the full pack position at the club just now, it's, it's a nice dynamic because you've got a couple of veterans at left and right back and a couple of young guys pushing you. Does, does that just kind of help shape different ideas and, and bring different things to the team? Um, yeah, I think so. Of course, I mean, uh, uh, some games you need to, uh, need to play with experienced players, I guess, uh, when you play against... Uh, Certain opponents, uh, it's, it's it's better to have a more experienced player. Other games, the coach might want uh, want some fresh young young player in the squad who can uh, do something extra. So it's uh, it's uh, it's good for the how do you say diversity diversity of the of the of the team. You can go uh, any way you want. So how happy have you been with your experience in Vancouver? How uh, It's really good. I mean, uh, since uh, since the first day I got here, I felt uh, felt home. I felt comfortable here. Uh, 
family loves it here. Uh, wife got a job. Uh, my kid goes to school. So outside football is, is perfect, and, uh, and football-wise, the club is amazing. So uh, I'm really happy to be here and uh, be part of this uh, this uh, organization. So the entire family was glad when you put your signature on. Oh yeah, they were uh, really happy. So, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, for them also always. Uh, Always the question: uh, What was happens uh, next year? Uh, contract is almost up. Uh, what do we do? What do we do? Uh, are, we, are we staying here? Are we going? So it's it's good. So they have a like uh, they can calm down now and uh, stop bothering me and uh, <laughs> and uh, no, but they're happy. Was this something you were pursuing, or did the club come to you? How did it work? Uh, kind of both ways. I mean, uh, I uh, I said it from the beginning when I was here. Like. Uh, this, this organization is, is great, and uh, I see something something nice here, and I want to be part of this for as long as I can. And uh, so it came, it came both ways, uh, but uh, yeah, we're both happy. I mean, I know I'm happy, so I hope hopefully they're happy. happy. Yeah. Thanks so much, Thank Marcel de Jong. He's going to be with the Whitecaps for another couple of years. The stability aspect of it is is great for these players because yeah. they do move around so much. You wanted him shipped out like six months into his time here. Yeah, I've come around on him and Tybert and a few other folk. And he's your favourite interview now. Go yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, we, we haven't done our chocolate digestive with him yet. I didn't have time. Oh, that's the turning didn't point. Didn't have time on Tuesday. Didn't turn point. Wrap this section up with just a little quick chat about the play of the fullbacks. I'm liking Alfonso Davies at left back less and less, and I think it's wearing him down. He's I think, not I think doing he's tired. well. I, I I know Robbo was saying, "Oh, we like him. Make, he likes making runs away from the back, but he can't do it all the time." No. And I think it's it's wearing. He's him down. He's making mistakes. He's getting caught. I think yeah. other teams are seeing that. They might be yeah. targeting him. Yeah. Oh, you want me to say something about Alfonso Davies playing left how, back? Yeah, I, th- I think I've already said how much he how, shouldn't be playing left back. How much did he play left back, and how much was he going forward in that game against Dallas? I think he th- didn't go forward much when she he switched. Oh, really? I saw. Oh, okay. Um, Brett Levi's cramping again, which is very worrying. And he said it's something that he's had his whole career. That's tough because you can't keep switching your left back out yeah you can't 65 uh, 70 minutes because that's a well, position you don't normally switch yeah. out. well i'm pretty sure you'll never hear him say that again because someone will coach him not to yes um yeah is hopefully that's something he can overcome especially an agent it, agent should be coaching him not to is say it that. worth well you know who will be coaching him not to say on that like when we first saw brett we saw him as a midfielder he's played on the wing left winger left midfielder center midfield he can play so he played dm Saw him with the Highlanders do that. We saw him in PDL with the Whitecaps and WFC2 initially. Is it worth taking a look at him again as a left winger? Because I liked what he brought. And to me, that's what earned him the contract. I, I Is it worth it? Yeah, potentially. The only time I see them doing trying something like that would be like in preseason or friendlies or mm. potentially even the Voyager's Cup. Not when but, we go 3-5-2. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing, though. You, to me, that he's the kind of player that would suit that formation yeah. very well. Maybe Voyager's Cup actually three five two Levi's as a left winger in the Voyager's Cup. You heard it here first against Montreal. Yes. And who on the right side, Jake? Uh, Jake Ruby. Yeah. Let's let's put him in. He's injured, so I don't know if he'll be fit. But we'll see. Who who's who's Jake Ruby? The residency player. 
Oh, okay. I think you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, o- only the under 16 captain last year's act. Right, okay. Jeez, get your I residency. Th- you you, you were thinking Jackson. of the assassinator of the uh, Harvey Oswald. That's Jack Ruby. No, That's Jack Ruby. I, I thought it was some wrestling thing that you guys oh, were talking okay. about. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have. I'm sorry. My apologies. I, I'm to Jack. sorry. I, I just I appreciate the club all the way down to, to youth level. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry that you. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back with some Canadian PL chat after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Hey, Mr. Churchill comes over here to say we're doing splendidly. But it's very cold out here in the snow, marching to and from the enemy. Oh, I say it's tough, I have had enough, can you stop the cavalry? Welcome back. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. And it's time now to, to talk about some Canadian Premier League stuff. Very exciting week for those of us looking forward to the Canadian PL. Yeah, gonna, things are coming in fast. Yeah. Going to dedicate this whole part to, to chatting about it. Played Stop the Cavalry there, which I'm, I'm hoping is a song that opposition fans will be, be singing. I don't know how well known that is over here. That was a big Christmas hit in the early 80s by Jonah Louis. Yeah, nothing there. No one know Jonah Louis? No. You'll I always was, find me in the kitchen at parties? No. I was born in Canada, not in England. Ah. can't really comment on early 80s Christmas for, songs. For me, the the name there, I, I, it, uh, I saw someone else, actually, a friend of mine said this t- to me as well, but whenever I hear the name, it, I always hear, um, I, I don't hear, I hear, I hear the... Calvary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm always like, oh, yeah, it's nice. And then I'm like, oh, no, that's not what it, not what it means. Are they just going to call it Cavalry FC, or, yes. or are they going to call it Cavalry FC of Calgary or something? No, oh, no, no. no. Wow. Yep. So let, let's get straight to that. The big news this week: Calgary are yeah. in, yeah, or Cavalry are in. <laughs> this is going to get confusing. For me, if it was called Calgary Cavalry, apart from that being a complete mouthful, I'd right. have been okay with that. I I hate the name. I I know why they've done it. They're playing at Spruce Meadows, it's the equestrian centre, it's a, a name inspired by the region's storied military history and all that kind of stuff. I just don't like it. And I, it fits but, with their whole horse thing yeah, but, that they but, got going on there. But what's wrong with Calgary FC? What's wrong with... Why do you well, have to have these hokey names? Port City, which I know is probably not going to be the name of the team, but Port City and Cavalry and York 9. York 9 at least has a city in it. Yeah. yeah, there's a city name. In no, it. but that's, that's partly the thing. They, the, I think the, I think, I think they publicly said this that they don't expect every team to be City FC, City United, no, S- S- Sporting City, <laughs> Real. City. But to me, it, it makes it seem hokey. It, uh, it, it loses th- some legitimacy. No, it doesn't. It loses some legitimacy to me. No, so, I see. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to connect with the, these communities in a different way. Yes, in a not they're, just they're going for the non-football. Not even that. I think they're just trying to. They're just trying to 
bring the city instead of making it a city thing, making it a community thing, right? Yeah, commu- yeah. Yes, community is is huge for this league. They don't they don't want it just to be just a sports team. No, I get that. And and I think we'll people will come to understand that the more and more uh, these these uh, clubs launch, and the more and more they get closer to playing, that this they want this to be different than. Uh, something different in the sporting landscape than what the people already have in the their ice hockey and in their pigskin and in their baseball and basketball, whatever, that they want this to be different. And so I think this is one of the ways they want to do that. They want to connect with the roots of the community. And it's okay. Yeah, some people aren't going to say that, hey, yeah. that's a miss for me or that's whatever. I, I, but I just don't like it. Are we going to have the fans behind the goal blowing a bugle and going, charge on attacks but, and but stuff? But you, have, you, have, you do have city, uh, teams in, in Europe. Uh, I'll use example right off the bat, Arsenal. Nobody Would you know where that was from if you didn't, weren't a sports uh, Well, they were guy? called Woolwich Arsenal yeah. originally. Yeah. There you go. At that, that time. But now they're just Arsenal. Um, you got uh, up north, you got Rangers and Celtic. Would you, if you were, didn't know anything about soccer, would you true. know where that's those that's cities true. are from? It's so, like one of his vice rivals, Wraith Rovers, there was a, a famous they play in a town called Kirkcaldy. Yeah. And there was a famous thing they'd won a game and the commentator was going, They'll be dancing in the streets of Wraith tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sadly they were still so, dancing. So so this league, yeah, this league is kinda like trying yeah, to form its own yeah, identity. Yes. I just think it, it it comes across as hokey. Now, getting back to Calgary, they are building the stadium. Five thousand seats initially. Yeah, flexibility to expand. It's yeah. one of those modular stadiums, which is going to be, I think, what we see throughout the league. Yeah, grass pitch. Yeah, grass that's pitch, good. and it's also good for the horses to feed on. That's huge. Yeah. That, that's probably what the other the, the not the, the not the horses thing. The fact that it's grass <laughs> is huge. Um, it's nearby uh, transit too. Yeah. so it's not too. It's Some just south. It's south of train station. It's south of Calgary, not too far away, even for driving. And I think they have plenty of parking too if they need. Three shuttles getting put on for the fans. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't double check it, but yeah, I've heard that the the light rail or whatever is is not that far away. Um, Calgary, of course, is known as Cowtown. Yeah, a little bit unfair, I think. Stop! Don't finish that, please. Don't finish that. Don't finish it. That was Jimmy Carr. That is Jimmy Carr. Copyright Jimmy Carr. Um, <laughs> apparently he played Calgary a couple of days ago, you were saying? He did. Yeah. He's been all over. We talked about how uh, Calgary Foothills uh, would have a... a yeah, you know, they couldn't a go with a Foothills thing, but... Yeah. yeah. But the, their coach is transferring over, basically, yes. to the team. Tommy Wielden Jr., who I've got a lot of time for, head coach and GM. He's the current Foothills boss. He has a rich history in the city. He moved over about 16 years ago, played with Calgary Storm. They went out of business. He was, he's been with Foothills for over 10 years. Yeah. And he's assembling a pretty strong t- uh, base of a team right now. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you, you based, look, you look on at the, base, the PDL squad. On, on the backs of the Whitecaps residency, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but you look at that PDL squad, and that has been put together with the Canadian PL in mind. Which is smart. Yeah, very smart. I mean, surely that's going to give them a, a foot up in competitiveness over some teams. A foothill up. Oh, very good. That is one of the things that uh, is interesting in terms of we're talking about all these cities being added and launches and all this kind of stuff. But we don't know the the measures that will be taken in terms of what how you can build your squad. So I, I've, mm, I, have, I have heard that there's some <clears> – there's some d- – Frustrated perspectives in terms of both what Calgary and what Ottawa have been doing in terms of building building their squads 
uh, these last two yes, years. Yes, now. Which, which, I mean, to, fair enough to them. They have existing things. Yeah. And hopefully they can take advantage but of that they're also, them, they're but picking local players. And that's one of the well, things that Tony Fielden said. Not just local players. Well, no, they're picking Canadian they, players. Yes, but they are getting a lot of local guys as well. And what Tommy Fielden said was, we're about local players. We're going to look at local first, scour the local area, see what the talent's about. Then he's going to look nationally for the pieces that they're missing. Then internationally. And I think that is the correct way to, to build the squad. I mean, you talk about connecting to the communities. If you've got local talent, which is like what TSS Rovers have done, they've got so much buy-in because they've gone with the Canadians for Canadians thing. But even more than that, there's so many local players in the, in the squad that you're connecting and they've got family and friends that are retweeting stuff. And I mean, it's great. That is how you will get a community to support a team. Was it's it? easier to cheer for a guy in Calgary that's grown up in Calgary than someone that they might be bringing from Venezuela, for example. I, yeah, I, and I don't know I don't, I don't know the Calgary scene as well, obviously, because I've spent very little time there. But the, 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 the advantage from an outsider's perspective, the advantage that you have with, with a Tommy Wilden Jr. being involved is that everyone knows him. Maybe, hopefully they have a good relationship yeah. with him, but they, think, but they know Foo him. I think the Hills have done well and have a good reputation locally with the local soccer clubs, which is... Obviously not the same in a lot of cities where there's some professional teams. I mean, what is the future of their PDL side? That's something that hasn't been discussed. I am actually going to be speaking to Tommy, maybe for next week's show or the show after, because they're going to be coming to play TSS on June 1st here at Swan Guard. So I'm hoping to speak to Tommy before it, but it might not happen. I might not get to speak to him until they arrive for the game and then... We'll have it in the show we, after. Here's the thing. I can't remember the the wording of it, but the CSA has said, we are no longer going to sanction teams to play in American leagues. Yes. So how... But teams that are in it, they can be maybe grandfathered yeah. or... So how that will play out with the advent of the Canadian Premier League is going to be interesting. Well, yeah, but they could argue, well, we've got our team in the Canadian Premier League. Why would you... This is our reserve team. You don't have a reserve league. We need to have a reserve team. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays yeah. out. Yeah, and I think that's how it should be. Yeah, I think... It could I, be the I, case I, I of the, the BC team yeah. might want to use TSS in the PDL. Yeah. Victoria's team, which will come to in a sec if they get one, might want to use the Highlanders in the PDL it's as not, a reserve team. It's a team. smart idea from all... Like, if, if the CSA looks at it that way... I think it would be wise for them to keep it going because there's other there's teams in Ontario too. Uh, Kitchener Waterloo, yes, uh, they they they've done Thund- well. Thunder Bay, Thund- Thunder Bay. But Kitchener is yeah. not having a team this year, are they? I, I don't know. I, I I know I know they were playing in the championship a couple of years ago. I yeah, know they did that. Well, they won it. I saw oh, yeah. them win it down in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're not playing this yeah, year. Yeah, they're not. So, but th- that's the thing, though. You're right. In one sense, you could say, Michael, there's no avenue for us to continue to build, and and. Uh, uh, bring through to players yeah. developers but you'd be like the white caps but the <laughs> I, I won't bite on that but the, uh, the you also have to look at what's the bigger picture of the Canadian Premier League and the football pyramid in Canada right because long term they want to be able to have a, an actual pyramid and although they're not building from the grassroots which probably makes the most logical sense uh, do the, the where football's at and the financial climate and all that kind of stuff they need to start to top down a little yeah. bit they'll well, want they'll want teams instead of being in a in a a PDL in a USL in a whatever in a whatever in the states yeah. they'll want them to be to join well, this pyramid maybe initially they can give those uh year to year uh, exemptions to those teams so that until they set that I, up I would hope then they so, can do that because yeah. it's short sighted otherwise cuz you're killing the development 
at least in BC, we do have the PCSL, which is a complete farce but, right now. But, but maybe I mean, that's, that's the maybe that that's the thing used. they could raise up, right, yeah. in order to build up to a second. Uh, or next level. You, you could end up with more tier three style, like League One Ontario, yeah. the the Quebec League. Well, that, that long, fell down here. Long, long term, that needs to happen in each province, yes. really. Yeah, but for that to happen, which is the, the big issue in BC, which if folk don't know what we're talking about, in Ontario, you've got League One Ontario, and then there's the, the Quebec League as well, which I think is the PCQL or PSQL, something like that anyway. But they hope to have one in BC, and they put it out for interested clubs to take part. Only one note of interest was put in. Really? Yes. I, I thought there was zero. No, there was one. So here's the thing. It was the Fraser Valley League. They wanted to have an all-star team in it. Oh, right, right. Yeah. But it, they were they had so much stupid criteria that the, the teams had to meet, like having like venues with a set number of seats and stuff. So it put people off. So, okay, there, there, there's two sides of that coin. You need to have standards when you're having a league. You need to have standards, right. but you have to make sure the facilities already exist in places. Otherwise... It's a lot of expense yeah, for clubs. You can't expect right. people to build. So, but you. But do, that was only part of the issue. You do need to have standards, but from my understanding, and, and I might be wrong on this, is the local clubs in in BC just were like, "Well, what's the advantage of us doing that this as opposed to, come what, to yeah. what we're doing now?" You've also got the three leagues: the Vancouver Island League, VMSL in Vancouver, and the Fraser Valley League. They all want to be top dogs, and they don't want to give up any other pieces of the pie. So, unless the the old guard in those leagues move on. You bring new blood in that's prepared to say, look, okay, VMSL, it's better league than Fraser Valley League, but we're prepared to to work together for the betterment of the game in BC and Canada to get teams from all these leagues to play together. The other thing, though, is a lot of the players and a lot of the teams didn't want to travel. Like, guys in Vancouver that are playing for fun at the weekend didn't want to have to travel to play games on the island, right. things like that. Michael, what you said there in your comment is essentially the whole struggle that has been happening for the last number of years in Canada is what is best for us to develop as a footballing nation and are people people willing to sacrifice whether it's their prestige or their power or their finances in order to help make that happen or or will people just continue to fight for what they have and or want more? Yeah, and well, this is a huge. It's, it's this is still a huge issue. Turkey's voting for Christmas thing in some ways, because people are out <laughs> for themselves. It's all self-interest, yeah. and if they're going to go down a road that maybe they lose some junkets or stuff, they don't like that. Well, we'll get back to the West Coast, but let's go to the East Coast. Uh, yes. Next announcement next, is oh, it's going to be Halifax. It's exciting. Yeah, this is the this is a team I'm really looking forward to, and I said on a previous show I would move to Halifax to work for this team. Just throw that out there again if you're listening Halifax people. It's close to Scotland. Too, it Halifax, is. I'd, I'd get home for East yeah. Fife games. It's new. It's in New Scotland. Yeah. Mm. All I need to do, get a helicopter, fly to East Fife, be perfect. A helicopter? Yeah. I don't think they make trips that far, <laughs> do they? <laughs> but Halifax Wanderer Supporters Group are having a meeting on Tuesday to get ready for it and also to kind of shape the future name, identity, structure, activities of the group. Yeah. So, I mean, that's exciting. These guys have wanted this for so long. We did last summer our Canadian PL special, which we're going to be doing again this summer. And we spoke to one of the guys from Halifax and just the excitement in the city is fantastic. It just, I'm really looking forward to, to what this club's going to bring to the game. 
it's, it's one of the most exciting ones because because of it's not like a city where you're going and like oh they have the CFL they have the exactly. NHL yeah they have all these other things it's, it's the it, big show in town it feels like yeah this can be something that galvanizes and brings the whole community together then Winnipeg is going to be next I think that's June sixth that's yeah. been announced for now the Fraser Valley bid it's been a little bit quiet. There's been some speculation out there, but one of the things is there's not a date. They've announced dates for all these things that's coming up. Yeah. Port City, Fraser Valley, BC bid to be cons- to be confirmed. There is no date. I think we can all read between the lines as to why that might be the case, which is there's still some issues with where they're going to play stadium-wise. Some speculation as well as to who the head coach might be. I mean, we talked about Tommy Wilden, he's been the first head coach that's been announced for any of the teams a lot of rumours doing the rounds locally and I've heard this from people within BC soccer circles like other coaches and stuff in local teams, Nick Dazovich is a name that's getting thrown out there and it it makes sense too because he's been a coach, he's been a coach at the MLS level Mm -hmm. Um, yeah with San Jose San Jose, he's done it at a high high level, he's done it, I I believe he was with the U23s or U20s one of those levels, Mark Watson as well yeah and so um, it makes sense that that he would his name would be in the mix, whether it's in the Fraser Valley or even somewhere else. Yeah. It's, well, any, anywhere across the country a, would hire. There's a lot of names kind of that you could speculate might yeah. want the, the, the BC job. Yeah. When you talk to when you talk about Canadian Premier League sides in BC, I think it's natural to link uh former national team players to coaching positions, especially those who've expressed an interest in coaching. So yeah, you, yeah, you mentioned Nick Nick Dasovich. Bobby Leonard Ducey. Yeah, no. Uh, you mentioned Nick Dasovich. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Mark Watson, who's assistant coach in Minnesota and MLS right now. Uh, Colin Miller, who's yeah. coached uh, Edmonton at uh, he is coaching PCSL with Abbotsford, right? right now. Well, because he lives in Abbotsford, um, so yeah, he went back to his, his home club. Paul, I don't know, I don't know if Paul Dolan wants to do a head coaching job, but he's done a lot of. Keep- you think he would want to be involved? As yeah. a goalkeeper. So I think Ma- Marius Rovda is back in town at the moment. He's uh, out in Port Moody. He might want to get involved just goalkeeping. So there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of people there's a lot of names that you could link with True. these potential clubs in in BC. No, yeah, one former member is kind of not not, not, coach. not a coach, but a, in front of the ownership group of the Victoria Group, um, and and it was mentioned that it, they're one of 22 additional groups yeah, that I'm looking at. That's a lot. Groups talking to the league. Yeah. Um, not not just for Victoria, but across the country, yeah. twenty two groups, and so. Um, uh, but yeah, vic- big big Victoria rumors coming out. The team looks like it's playing out of Langford, which is West, West Stadium. Yeah, west of Victoria. Yep, I was there two three years ago for the the provincial final. Nice little setup that they've got it, there. It's all just off Highway One too. When you yeah, go up north, it's of the very island. easy, yeah. very easy to get to. I've already been pricing my houses in case I get a job there as well. So <laughs> throwing that out to the Victoria folk as well. But they need to be vetted, apparently. By yes. the, the, uh, David Clanikin yeah. said that the group, as a lot of the groups, still have to be vetted. So it may be a little bit premature by the Times colonists to, well, to put that out there. But at the same time, it's good putting that out there because it gets the excitement. Well, it was Steve Sander that asked him about it yeah. uh, from the 11.ca. Well, if you see the if you see the article from the, the Victoria yeah. paper or whatever, even Josh Simpson's comments are kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, let's, yeah. And he's let's not put the car before the horse. Now, this, yeah. this is, I think this will, uh, if, if Victoria gets approved, it'll be the second wave of teams that come in. It I, won't be the initial I, wave. If they could get a stadium sorted out. Second really or third quick, wave, one of their. I, I think they could be in at the start. If they can get the stadium approved, I mean, who knows? The, the, it, wouldn't it be ironic if Victoria got their stadium approved 
and Port City Fraser still, Valley bid didn't. Well, and the thing Victoria is, started it, off it seems like the Fraser Valley one is going to be built from scratch. Yes. Well, it's obviously, like you said, the West Hill Stadium is up in yeah. there. They and just got to make some money. Well, we've talked about Josh Simpson. I mean, it's a it's a well known secret. Rob Friend is one of the guys that is behind the, the Fraser Valley team. Well, he posed for the picture. Yeah. So it's not not a big <laughs> surprise when you, when you see that. I mean, he he's just helped launch an, an indoor urban soccer yeah. centre just launched on Friday uh, in North Van. So, I mean, he's investing and wanting to grow the game here. So that's it's great to see guys like him, Josh Simpson, wanting to give back to the Canadian it's, it's, game and it's grow all that, the game It's here. all that LA Galaxy money that he got. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been a white cap, you know. No, yeah. So obviously, you mentioned a key element of this is, is stadium, right? Yes. And so it's not a huge logical uh, step to say, more things are not being talked about in the Fraser Valley because of lack lack of stadium. Uh, in terms of the port, I know I made fun of it when we talked about this a while ago. The port city name, I don't. Uh, depending on where you put the stadium, I think it it can work well. And if you put it in other places, maybe it doesn't work so well. So yeah, if, if it's near the, near the Surrey Dock thing, whatever it's called, terminal, I don't know what it's called. It, I think it makes a lot of sense, and it could be a could be a good thing. Yeah, um, it just ha- it has to. Like, it doesn't have to be right on a sky tram. I mean, you could do what Calgary's done and put yes. the three shuttles on. It's got to be close. But then you're Sorry. you're having a bigger expense as well. In an like ide- somewhere like Langley, you, you, I mean... It's a different vibe. Yeah. yeah. You can't totally. get, put a shuttle on from anywhere to Langley without it being a long shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are buses that run there, Michael, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the look not, on, not horse-drawn the, cars. <laughs> the look on your face is priceless yeah. there when you said Obviously, being being on SkyTrain would be more ideal for the, for the yeah. Fraser Valley, and because uh, well, maybe they extend the SkyTrain to Langley right. at some point. Now, but if it's if it's along that part where it's that uh, along the Fraser River there, where there's uh, we t- we talked about it off air. I don't even know if this is going to happen, but there's uh, right by the Surrey Docks. Um, mm. There is that land right by the bridge and the SkyTrain bridge. Um, is that I, one of the three locations that they? I, I have no idea, but I'm just. I always thought that was an ideal situation because you got the highway. Highway one comes right through there too, and then you got. Uh, um, so highway seventeen, you mean? Uh, something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, but but there's a, but there's a lot of connections to, from the highways, and there's a lot of uh, obviously you got the sky train. How does it do with earthquake testing? <laughs> I don't know. C- could we call them the Surrey Highwaymen? No, oh, you that'd cannot. be good. Here, here's here. I think so. And here, you can play that song too. Yes, as Highwaymen. And as someone, oh, the Highwaymen, the oh. song. As someone who lives has lived in the Fraser Valley for more than a decade, yeah, I long I long for this team to be born. However. I'd ra- I'd rather it be done in the right way. Yes, and if it takes, well, we've takes... talked about the importance of getting it right. Yes, so you want it, time. you want one, it natural and not with to... drugs. Sure, no epinephrine shot. Sure, epinephrine right. Yeah, so if it takes longer, it takes longer as long as it gets done well. Yes, like that's the most important thing. So, for some people, maybe that will require more patience. We'll see yeah. how this is all going to play I, out. I would be fine if they went in the first wave, if they can launch perfectly in wave two. One other quick thing. I, I don't know if I saw it in your notes there or not. Stadiums are key. Yes. And I don't know if you've heard what, what has happened in Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they finally got the agreement. The deal. That it's was like, a couple of weeks ago hallelujah. we talked about headlines. Oh, do we? Oh, I'm sorry. That That's huge. <laughs> yeah. I thought it just got no, it, it it, just, it just confirmed. confirmed. It was confirmed just, it, they, they, yeah. they, they said it was essentially going to get done. Yeah. There's yeah. some people that put a little bit of fight into it, but yeah. it wasn't It well, wasn't. Gonna that, that's a, 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 the Hamilton, the people I know in Hamilton have known it was going to be finalized for a while, but yeah, that is a huge weight off their shoulders there so that they can move forward. One of the other interesting things that this might not be huge news for you, but one of the the main guy who started Burn Street Battalion, 
He is, is now Mark he is now doing the he is now no longer part of Barton Street Battalion yes. because he is like a he ticket was the and guy sales that we had rep. on the sh- yeah. on yes. the show as well. J- James, I mean, right? Yeah, I was yeah. gonna actually put that in the thing, but I thought I've ah, got yeah. tons of stuff. So, so some quick things just to wrap this up. David Clanikin as well, when he spoke to Steve Sandor on the eleven check out the excellent article on that. He revealed some things about the league this week when he was in Calgary. Stuff we kinda knew already. Well, we we some expected stuff we didn't or single stuff we maybe hoped for. Single, single table. table. I think we kinda no we kinda had, yeah, we kinda had an idea that they were gonna do that. I didn't I, I think wasn't it was sure. it was reported somewhere yeah. that they were I was universe, hoping yeah. But especially if you have six to eight teams, playoffs with that's ridiculous. The, now the second one, I w- I had no idea that they were. This is what their aim was: the 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 Champions League burst. Yes, but it's not. It's not been. It's not certain. No, no, I know. But that's what they're they aiming for right now. I didn't yeah, even think they were auto- going to aim for automatic that. Automatic Champions yeah. League berth. Now, worst case scenario, you could have the Voyagers Cup winner playing off against the CPL winner for a place. No, if they don't no. get an automatic. Burst? No, because no, because the CPL team should be in the in the Voyagers Cup. Because they are champions. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're the national champions. Mm. Uh, the, the, so the, those numbers, right? The twenty eight games. Yeah, twenty eight games makes season. it makes it seem certain there will be eight teams, and you'll be playing everyone home Four away times. twice. Yes, yeah, yeah. which I, I like. Which yeah, you know, you, Scotland. That's how it is. Did you play everyone like six times? Yeah, but that does. It's crappy then when you draw them in the cup, especially oh, yeah. if you draw them in both cups or three cups. Because <laughs> six one times year, a year. One year we played Brecon seven or eight times because we had well, replays and stuff. You remember back in the day we used to play Portland or Montreal <laughs> like five, six, yeah. seven, eight times. Yeah. This also still talks on how the league's going to get broadcast. They're considering non-traditional methods like Which, streaming. Streaming, yeah. Possibly Mixler. Well, that's because they. I don't they, think it's going to happen. I, I think we've talked about it in this past, maybe, but they have people who, as a part of the league set up who this is an area of expertise yeah. for them. I am still happy to do what I did with the VMSL games, just stand and film at the side of the pitch. <laughs> do Are, a little bit of commentary. Do you get, get paid for being VAR? <laughs> no, but they have been using my footage in interesting ways. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's a story for another day. So uh, f- let's let's wrap it up. What are your guys' how. Is your excitement level? If you want, maybe you want to rate it one to ten. Maybe it's uh, happy. I'm at eleven. Uh, emoji. I genuinely am. Emoji at kind of thing. <laughs> I, I'm at eleven, but there does seem to be some delays, possibly in BC, that might temper that a little bit. Yeah. But for the whole leak, yeah, I'm just excited. Yeah, I'm at a I'm at a nine right now, and I just uh, I, I'm very close to being a ten. Like you said, I'm more excited than I thought I would be. Yeah. I genuinely am. Yeah, for me, it's, I'm off the charts excited about yeah. this because this has the potential to grow and develop the sport and support a culture in a way that it needs to in this con- in this country. Um, so, I, like, I'm optimistic. There's still a lot of work to do. Like, no one can be like rest on their laurels and be like, "Oh, our yeah. cl- club launch, we got this." There's a lot of work oh, yeah. that needs my, to be done. My only my only thing that dampers me a little bit is when you when, like when you go through the headline, like you read all the headlines during the week, right? And you get these blowhards that are just like going. Oh, this is the you know a, a lower level and not that great. And oh, did you see Laura uh, Laura Armstrong? No, there was some, there was even some other people on yeah, top of that. We were talking. There about was some that additional training on Tuesday. Funnily enough, there were some other additional people too oh, that were talking about. We were talking about it anyway this week. There was somebody yeah. from, talking about York Nine being you know wanting to be uh, the main team in the GTA, and they think that's very unlikely. It's going to well, happen. And York, it was editorial. York, York Nine even said that's not they're not that's yeah. not even their. But that's what the, he was saying yeah. that they were trying to do. They're yeah. trying to say that they want. Just take it what it is, but the hard work is not over when the no, league launches. No, not That's run, just yeah. the start of it. No, there is there is a massive amount of work to do. I mean, you've got those twenty-two markets interested just now. That will multiply. Well, th- this is the thing. There are that many interested parties because people are beginning to realize the the money people are beginning yeah. to realize that long term 
this could be viable for them. Yeah, it will require investment. Yep. Yes, there will be risk. As long as everyone long- is in it for the, the – like when we spoke to Paul Byrne, yeah. he talked about you're looking at a 10-year investment. Totally. And as long as people are realizing that, it should be great. Great. Anyway, we'll be back with more chat after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. To say I told you so. It was coming up, but I couldn't. The, the song would have been gone way yeah, over. The, the, hives. the hives, yeah. Love that band. Seen them live a lot over in Scotland. Somebody, somebody mentioned them in another podcast, and I go, that, oh, I heard that. Song. I got to listen to this. Oh, I, I stopped. I, I stopped. Need to the, dig the albums, I, I, I dig pulled the over, stopped the podcast, searched for the Hive song, and played that right away. One of their guitarists. Is deaf in one of his ears. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I wouldn't that doubt he does, it with the way they play. Yeah, but one of the things he does when they're playing live is they, they do a thing where they stop mid song and they yeah. all freeze. And then he puts his hand to his ear and he's getting the crowd to like cheer, but it's to his deaf ear he yeah. always does it. So he can't hear anyway. <laughs> that anyway, is, that is funny. That great band live. Haven't they've played here a couple of times and I've never been to see them here, but I should dig out their albums. But you're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. And you know we love our music here on AFTN. Yep. Zach's staring at me. He, he likes his music. He doesn't like our music, but he, he I'm likes o- music. I'm okay with most of the stuff you... He, oh, okay. It's not my, like my favorite. Like I'm not going and downloading or buying He album. might like this song. Yes. Because of the length. It's 314. Yes. <laughs> Austin. No. Not for, <laughs> that's 360. That's 360. Because yeah. of John 316. Yeah, finally... Oh, two seconds off, sorry. Austin uh, will crop up in this part when we speak to Kakuta Mani at, oh, at the end of this section. But, yeah, it's wavelength time, my favourite part of the show, and we're going back to 2005 this week. From The Others, an English band, from their self-titled album, The Others. And this is a song about how football can, can bring people together and you can bond... Unity. Unity. And this is the lead singer, Dominic Masters, him and Pete Doherty, two drug addicts, yeah. But they bonded over drugs, but they also bonded over football. QPR fans. Do you know what I have in common with Pete Doherty? No, we're not heroin addicts. Well, he is. I'm not. Writing for fanzines. He used to write for a QPR fanzine. But anyway, this is The Others and Stan Bowles. Oh, 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 oh,
your eyes as you help the children. You're caught in Baltar, Arkinsburg, to the Adar, in your kitchen. Sipping iced tea in the summer, it's your epoch, yeah. Others there, QPR 1975, all about Stan Balls there, and the friendship between Dominic Masters and Pete Doherty. Do you like that one? I was bouncing about the studio. I noticed you were not dancing in front of the window where there's other people in another adjacent studio. Yeah, I've never seen them before. They've never seen me. It would be an awkward first impression. I'll just wiggle my ass at them. Just. <laughs> but we've talked about Whitecaps. We've talked about Canadian PL. Let's move down the picking order. Let's talk about MLS. Do we have to? Yeah. Okay. Very quickly, we'll just go through the MLS we can review. Caps drew down to fifth, 16 points from 13 games, 1.23 points per game, which, which well, keeps us sixth. sixth. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still in the playoff places. We're roughly in course, though, for 42 points. Which I think would have put us in the playoffs years ago. Yes. But not anymore. No. <laughs> but. It might be close if yeah. everyone else is dropping points left, right, and centre. We might sneak in the back door, as folk like. One of the teams I think we don't have to worry about at all is Colorado. Oh, man. You think so? Yeah, I don't so think bad. But, but they've got a Scottish defender. they got Tim Howard in goal. Tim Howard, yeah. shockingly He bored. looked bad. The best, the best thing I saw about this game was a Declan went tackle on David, David oh, Villa. Oh, I never saw that. Oh, he just took him out. But then the ball went to another NYC and Man City light player and he, he put it uh, in. It was 4-0. It was a crunching tackle though. You would have been proud. 4-0 in torrential rain. Not a great crowd at Yankee Stadium. No, I heard the one. crowd wasn't that bad. They were just hiding under like... That would make yeah. sense because it was yeah. really heavy. But 4-0. Rapids looked bad. They were one down at the half after David Villa finished a horrendous clearance from, from Tim oh, Howard. But so then bad. three second half goals did them in. We don't really need to talk about them. But Colorado, we will be playing them soon. Worrying because 
it's in Colorado. Yeah, that's the problem. It's Colorado it does have this home advantage of altitude. Yeah. But they, they're not. They're, and they're it's a poor not, team. And we don't do well against It's poor not teams. that great of an advantage anymore, though. In the, in the, like they, 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 they will put out a win here and there, but they TVs draw points as well. Them. Yeah. It used to be there used to be an automatic three there. They used to be, yeah. Yeah. Saturday, Port City FC. Sorry, Portland <laughs> uh, Timbers <laughs> FC. They got a good home win against LAFC. Game was on just before and kind of during the, the Caps game. Huge win for the Timbers as far as I'm concerned. They, they really seem to have turned it around now after a bit of a crappy start. Christian, if you can pronounce it that way because he's got an extra H thrown in there. Paredes opened the scoring in the 52nd minute. A rebound goal. Spilled free kick. Yeah. Did well to pounce on that. But Carlos Vela came back. Yeah, what a beautiful curler. Top corner, 60 minutes left. He's already scored a number of those, and I think <laughs> that won't be the last that people no. will see of that this season. He, he He's a quality guy. Yeah, he, but he the, really is a good the, tie, the tie didn't last long, though. No, oh. the winner. The winner. This I Another keep, sweet strike. This is There's probably been two episodes before this where I can't remember how to say his name. Armenteros. Is that right? That's good yeah. enough for okay. me. Sam. <laughs> Sam. Sammy Armenteros. <laughs> Sammy Armadillo. Nine minutes to go. Lovely strike. Portland deserved the win, I thought. And they they definitely seem to have turned it around. Yeah. Some, it was nice the game was on Fox, so yeah. lots of people got to watch it. So, someone else who's turned it around, I guess, Philadelphia Union, they were four I, goals. I think it was the opponents. I think it's yeah. the opponents that they were. RSL. The team that the Whitecaps beat and lost as well. Yeah. Yeah, 4-1. Philly were in control from start to finish there. Fafa, Fafa, Fafa was the man. Fafa Pico. He ran the show. Is that the guy who... Um, Steve Zakwani used to rap about. Do you remember that MLS ad? There was a little MLS ad that used to come on when you go to MLS Live all the time years ago. Anyways, Philly were two up at halftime. RSL did pull one back, but then there's two more from Philly in the last 16. RSL gave up four goals and Romando made six saves. It was like Andrew Hicks for TSS Rovers against Lane United on Monday night. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse for RSL if Romando hadn't been in form, but RSL looked poor. No, a team that looked poor, but we kind of gave points away Yeah, we to made them, them look good. <laughs> San Jose. Oh, man. Easy it, there. It's, it, it's, this is the time we usually start, Zach. I know, sorry. He's just bored by the thought yeah. of San Jose. <laughs> no, okay. no, it's so bad. Yeah. San Jose comes here, takes a point, goes home to four, DC. Four points on the road in two games. To DC United. Now, I think I DC, think they I think they used all their luck up in yeah. that game. Well, DC, <laughs> DC, I think, had the previous week off or something. But yeah. Yeah. So they were more rested. But man, but still, yeah. they're, they've they're been bad this San, year. They're they coming to three San Jose. up by the 37th yeah. minute. Yeah. Even Darren Matic scored. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to this Matics-Rooney partnership. It's like the dream partnership you dreamt about playing FIFA all those years ago. And, and the thing is, they didn't really sell their opponents that much. They didn't put, they didn't put the opponents over because they were basically saying, you know, four points they got on the road is doesn't mean squadouche when you're losing to DC United at home. Yeah. So basically they're running down their opponents yeah. after losing to them. I mean, they, they, they spoke on Wednesday about the importance of taking something at home now to DC or it was yeah. pointless be, taking all this on the road. And yeah, they, they didn't do it. So... Great results for the Caps, those two. Another good one. Kind of a good result. I think so. I don't know. I kind of just want KC to run away with it now. Because oh. then you've got one team running away with yeah. it and beating everyone. Minnesota. The Minis won. Sporting Kansas City. The White Caps Thrashers won. Two teams, of course, that have beaten the White Caps in very different circumstances. Surprising two points dropped for me by the conference leaders. 
Especially because they took the lead. Yeah, well, Kerry Shelton had them ahead in eight minutes. But before that, Minnesota, Christian Ramirez had a tap-in, but it was ruled out for offside. I think wrongly, because I think it came off Matt Beasler. But was this the same situation where the whistle was blown before it happened? or No. So there's been some discussion over this because it happened in another match previously. about well, the, Whether about, it's a directed one or... Yeah. Or, yeah. It, it basically, for those in Canadian football circles, it's the Atiba goal against the U.S. in the Gold Cup a number of years ago where Guccineu, I think it was, goes up and he heads the ball backwards to Atiba. Now, Atiba's offside, mm. but he like intentionally headed the ball in that direction. And they called him offside, and he shouldn't have been. There was a goal. I can't remember who what which it team was, just it was. This week or something. No, it was like a week. It was like a week, week, like a week or two. Ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And same thing. They called it back because they said it wasn't his intent. He was just. It was more of a deflection than like having possession yeah. or an intentional playback. But yeah. and they were comparing it to the other goal where I think it was the San Jose where he actually sh- uh, passed it backwards. Right. I think if it comes off a defender, and you've been offside, it's the defender's made a mistake, so it should negate it. But Darren Quintero. He's a, he's a great... How's he at Minnesota? For all the good teams he could have joined, Minnesota get him. Because they paid for him. Oh, that. Yeah, there is that. I mean, he'd have been fantastic here, but obviously we were never going to pay that money. I think he, I think he's. Uh, they've assured him that he will get a quick trip out before the winter hits in Minnesota. <laughs> so he doesn't have to spend the winters there. Yeah, he, he leveled for the loons with 20 to... Oh, in the 20th minute, rather. Zussi should have won it. Hit the post with 30 minutes to go with a header. For, for KC, but that's a big, surprising two points dropped. I, yeah. I, I felt for KC there. Now great, the, great win for Houston. For sure. Oh, yeah, the next game, that was the one result that they, the Vancouver kept uh, hurt them a little bit yeah. with Houston getting three points. 3-2 three, Houston. And a very depleted Chicago fire, though. Fast start, three goals in the first 16. Kyoto, Kyoto again. Puts Houston ahead in four. Chicago hit back with two and two in the 14th and 16th. Then second half, Albert Ellis again, this great guy. Second half brace, penalty in the 56th and then breaks away to score the winner 16 minutes for time. Chippy game though, seven bookings. Wow. Chicago is really, they traded away David Akam. They're really lacking someone with pace. One, the injuries have hit and I can't remember someone else got injured now to add to their injured list. It was like a, a key guy. But oh, it's Polster. I think Matt Polster. Matt Polster, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Houston now move to within one point of the White Caps, but they've got three games in hand. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's not good. But they're they're sixth. We're fifth. But maybe so. all those three games are on the road. Yeah, maybe Sh- they lose all three. <laughs> Chicago reminds me. Points of, in your back pocket. As Chicago. It reminds me of Seattle a little bit, where they've lost them with pace to stretch the opponent to allow their creative players space to do stuff. Yeah. Because they have they have people with the abilities, but they they're not finding. The, I yeah. don't think they're finding the space to do. The work. There's still one game to go, as you alluded to earlier on Monday, I guess for the the holiday. Yeah, Montreal are hosting the LA Galaxy. Really could do with a Montreal win there, big time. Could do with a Montreal win because you look at the standings. If you look at the points per game, which obviously I'm obsessed and love, and who is below us, we're sixth in points per game. There's five teams below us. We can, or we should at least, finish above RSL, Minnesota, yep. San Jose, and Colorado. You Got should that. hope. Yes, for those that. four teams for sure. So if we take those easy four wins. out, easy, easy, wins. easy wins. Easy wins. Easy wins. Seattle and LA are the only two below us that I would be worried about in points per game. Seattle are ninth in points per game. They're eleventh in the standings. Eight points, eight behind the Caps, but they have four games in hand. LA. 
10 from 10, 6 behind the Caps with 3 in hand, including this one on Monday. They're ninth in the standings and points per game. I feel both of them will, when the, the season gets down to the tough bit in August, September, October, that's the two teams I expect to rise. Yeah. Remy Gard, I think, needs a win too. Are they like three and eight or something like that? They're really poor. For Montreal? Yeah. Yeah. Ziggy Schmidt. We've talked about him needing a win. Ziggy Schmidt needs a win. Have you heard anything about the. And I don't know anything about this. I'm just asking. uh, Did they move this this game to Olympic Stadium at all? Or are they playing it at. uh, Oh, because it's Latin? Yeah. I I don't know. I don't. Because they've done that in the past where. Their attendance is really bad. I know, but they've Mm. done it in the past where there's a big player coming in and they move it to Olympic Stadium. I I think they did it. I can't remember. I think they'd be happy to play on grass and they'd be happy to fill Stad Saputa right now. I could be wrong, but that's yeah. my impression. I think they should be able to if it's not yeah. there. You talk, you talk about uh, you know games in hand, all that. How is it this that the Flounders have a bye again this weekend? They had all these ch- games changed yeah. for the Champions well, League. S- and someone they, asked me why the Whitecaps haven't had a bye week, so I inquired about that. And the the reason is they have to submit when their stadiums are available. Right, that's part yeah. of it. Um, and they got to get as many games as possible yeah. now because the lines are coming But they in. also wanted a quite a balanced schedule yeah. so by not having a bye they get to have home away home away as opposed to a swath of home games and yeah. a swath of away that, games that kind of works so yeah. I actually like that and I think that's been the sensible thing because there's nothing worse than hitting your stride and then having a couple of weeks off and that's what yeah. ha- that's what happened to them I think last year or the year I can't remember what year it was but they had a they were hitting their stride like you said now it wasn't weeks off yeah. but they had a whole bunch of road games yeah. in a row and we, they couldn't get don't anything on do good sometimes coming back from, from breaks as well yeah. Just, it kind of kills us <laughs> Speaking of Flanders for a moment, you, you your favorite guy, Will, Will Bruin? Yeah. He uh, he, injured, he injured one of his fins. Yeah. He's going to be <laughs> flopping around for the next few weeks. Or, do you know how long he's out? No, but it stops us signing him. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to be the number 10. He um, he's not. He's a number nine. I know that. That was if, the joke. If you look at the teams that are above us right now, I think Houston is realistically, and this is still in points per game. Yeah. Houston's the only team that realistically I could see us overtaking. Yeah. It, it just feels like a long, long slog ahead now. Well, I think that's the MLS season overall every year. The good thing about MLS, though, is you string a few results together. You can and turn you it around. easily oh, look, yeah. the table, look, but you look string at, some crappy results together. Look at the Lumberjacks. Yeah. The Lumberjacks are now, yeah. they've won like three, four games in a row now. Yeah, because yeah, Seattle ascendancy. and them were in the bottom. Seattle hasn't put it together, but Portland no. has, and that's why they're on top. I mean, or the, near the top. If Ziggy loses tomorrow in Montreal, the pressure on him is massive. And it's maybe hard to see if he can hang on. They might they might not even keep him after the game. Save two seats for the way back. <laughs> now, see, I wasn't going to make any size jokes about Ziggy Schmidt. I can. <laughs> I, I got a tweet from someone saying, you're fattest. And I was like, no, I'm not. I, Ziggy I, Schmidt's fast. No, I, yeah, he is. But I can I can make that joke. Another Jimmy Carr joke oh, there, man. ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so as uh, an obese person, you don't, need, you don't need to buy a ticket for for the show. Just tell you. As someone who's guys. obese, I find these jokes fast. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, New England obviously coming up. Um, obviously, the full preview podcast uh, will yeah, come on the podcast. They'll, yeah, they'll cover that. But what, the, what, what the do you guys? The Revolution are bringing the Crafts pl- private plane for this one. Oh, oh this they're is, chartering. This, is, this yep. is the game they're going to pick. They're, they're flying the re- the residency teams out as well to play the residency kids. Oh, cool. oh so they're going to do an exhibition yes. game. That's so bad. that's quite nice, actually, yeah. having everyone together on a private plane. Which right. is funny because the Crafts don't spend a lot of money. Yeah, they don't spend a lot of money. So, that, well, at least that was the rumor that was doing the b- around. So, if that isn't true, we'll blame Har because she told me that. She's listening right now saying, why'd you mention my name? <laughs> but talking of Har, that was why I mentioned her name. Har and myself got a chance to, to speak with Kakuta Mani. 
last week at training, but we had such a busy show last week that I bumped Kakuta. But we'll bring that to you now. It's a, it's an interesting chat. Just talking about his time in Pachuca, it's not gone great for him so far. We'll talk about that after it. And also, like, why was he back in Vancouver? And just about the playoff run with Columbus last last year. So let's play that for you now. Just visiting guys. Um, I thought holidays. I thought I would come in, um, you know, visit my friends and catch up with people. Um, some of my friends. So how is everything with Pachuca in your first season? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest. Um, you know, we struggled as a team, and you know, me individually getting minutes. But it was. It, it was good. At the end, it's good. Good learning. Um, learning curve. Um, you know, the altitude was a big factor for me. I couldn't, you know, get adjusted to that quickly. And so it took me a while to, you know, feel comfortable. And uh, by the time we know the season is over and, you know, we have to get ready for the next uh, the next tournament. But uh, the first tournament was in, um, you know, as a whole, for the whole group, it wasn't, it wasn't good enough because we didn't make playoffs. How did the opportunity to sign with Pachuca, how did that come about? Um, I, I mean... I've known, I've known from just uh, you know people around. They've been interested for a long time, um, and then it came to that time. You know, I was free, and um, I had to make a decision. And you know, I had a few teams interested, and, but Patrick was the one that stood out for me the most. Um, and you know, and it was very interesting. We looked at that, and a couple of MLS, uh, other Liga MX teams were interested, but um, you know, Patrick was just an opportunity. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't pass up. Um, so when they when they came in, they saw the interest and. You know, it was a no-brainer. It just, um, it was like, yeah. You know, when I experienced, uh, you know, Mexican league, I've always been admirer uh, of it. Always watched it, so I thought I will see and you know continue developing my game. Go, I mean, growing up in Texas, do you? I think you speak Spanish pretty well. <laughs> I do not me necessarily, but yeah, uh, I know a few words before I went there. Um, but it's it's different speaking it day in day out and just you know messing about with it um, it's, it's it's not the same but um, yeah I, when I came in you know I started taking Spanish classes and um, you know now I can hold a conversation with a few people. Oh nice. Yeah, so what did bad. Diego Alonso, the coach, when he was there, what did he say about your role or what did he expect from you there? Um, it's just um, it's very simple and plain. Uh, it's he likes you know they like to play one v one all over the park and it's you have a job as a winger to so just take the ball and run on the uh, full back and put balls in the box crosses take shots and that was the message to the to the um, to the whole team and how we play is um, you know get the ball to the wingers as quickly as possible um, and then create one v one situations for them to be able to do that because you know they like running in the box and numbers in the box um you know that's how we played and that, that was the message it's just it was very simple it was uh, <laughs> um he didn't complicate it at all uh, that was that was the game so with him not coming back what does your future look like with pachuca i have no idea um i guess go back for preseason and see who you know who comes back and you know, hopefully, you know, we do better than we did uh, this tournament. Uh, but we don't know. Uh, you know, we all have to report back for preseason um, next next month, I think. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we'll see. You know, it's a fresh start for everyone, I think. And uh, hopefully. And then, you know, we'll go from there. With you being in Hidalgo, 
not too far from Texas. How often is your family able to come down or how often do you see them? Um, actually, I haven't seen them in, in, in that four months um, because they planned, they planned a couple of trips and they didn't pan out. You know, my dad just got a new job in, um, in Houston and so it's been a bit of a, you know, traveling for them between Austin and Houston. Um, so they haven't been able to make it, but they, I think they already booked their flight for July. They come and catch a couple of games, uh, hopefully. So it would be nice for them to see, um, you know, how I'm living over there and, you know, see the culture and um, and everything down there. It's, it's, it's pretty nice. What about your good friend, Eric Cartada? Have you been in touch? <laughs> Has he been down to see you yet? No, he hasn't. Uh, hopefully maybe uh, during the off-season or I don't know if they're having a walk-up break or something. I've been trying to convince him to come, him and Sam and, and Pa. Uh, to come and you know, you know, visit the town. Uh, I told them a lot about it. It's a cool town, and they all love food, so it's it's always a good idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, they come in. Um, Eric said he will come, and Sam said he will come after his season. So hopefully, we can all get together um, at the same time and you know, sort them around the city. Last time I spoke to you, I was in the locker room after the game at BC Place, and we were joking about the MLS Cup final, and you were really confident Columbus were going to get in it. Looking back at that game against Toronto, you certainly had opportunities to put them away. Does it feel like a missed opportunity? I think so. I think it was a big one. You know, I finally thought, you know, here we go to the MLS Cup final. Uh, it's just just the way Columbus do things, and just the team and the structure, and just understanding of the game. Uh, what how they want to play the game, uh, preparing the week in, week out, and just the quality. Um, I thought, um, you know, we were, there was no team that could stop us. Um, we were feeling confident. We had good runs uh, throughout the season. Um, and then everybody felt confident, you know, came in, you know, past Atlanta, past New York. And, you know, we thought that was going to be, it was going to be the same, and we were very unlucky. I, th- I thought we got everything right, but just uh, couldn't take our chances. You know, we match him physically and you know, tactically, technically. Um, but you know, that you know, split seconds and just taking the chances. You know, Atito came and take his chance. Um, you know, that was uh, that was a difference for us. But you know, I feel like we we dominated the game and we had quite a bit of chances that we could have um, in a different different game. You know, we would have you know won that game. And obviously, you were in Columbus when all the news broke that they, they might be moving to Austin. <laughs> funnily enough. How, how did you feel as a player being part of all that? And like, I mean, you grew up in Austin. Yeah. What would it mean to Austin to have an MLS team? Uh, it would be unbelievable. It would be amazing. The team has been crying for an MLS team for a long time. Uh, it's just um, some youth programs. is it's unbelievable. It's massive. It's huge. Um, so having having all of that structure over there, and you know, adding an MLS team to that, you know, sky's still made for the city. I think the city des- deserves something uh, for sure. Um, and the MLS team would be would be perfect for them. Everybody I talk to is really excited about the opportunity. Um, hopefully, to have that in, uh, you know, move to Austin. It's a bit of a um, weird situation to be in because you never want to take away a team from a city. You know, it's still an original team um, for MLS. But um, you know, if that's if that's going to be good for the franchise, and I don't think there's any other better place than Austin. I think they definitely deserve the team. That's great. Thanks so much. Kick out and good luck. Scooter! That was for all the Transcendence fans that are still listening to us. That, that, that was Scooter. That was the, the artist, the European techno guy, Scooter. Anyway, 
That was the other scooter, Kakuta Mani, chatting to myself and Har last week. I think he'd love to come back to Vancouver. I think he probably regrets moving on. I don't know, he maybe didn't have a lot of say in it and he knows why, but... I don't think it was a matter of him asking to leave. No. He didn't ask to leave, but no. his performances and his yeah. lack of preparation I mean, yeah. for the performances, that's what... Would it work for him to come back? Should yeah. he come back? Or is the, the things that caused him to get shipped out before still there? The, yeah, the thing is, is I, I think I think if he's learned his lesson and he and he's say, is, if he's thinking he wants to come back, I think he's obviously identified what the issue was and maybe he's... But has he? Because in Pachuca... Yeah. Eight minutes he's played for well, Pachuca. Maybe that. Maybe, okay, he went to Columbus. He barely played because the coach there was saying you're not in shape. Yep, he wasn't in the fitness. He maybe, expected. maybe uh, the Mexican coach uh, the, the, for the club didn't feel like he was in shape. So maybe he's heard it from now from three coaches. Mm-hmm. He's under uh, identified what the issue. I, is. I think there definitely is a sense of you don't realize how good you have it somewhere until you're gone. Yeah, yeah. that that happens a lot. I think with players that leave here and. Maybe that also raises a question which has been said, do the players have it too cushy here? No, I'm not thinking about the the off-field stuff. I'm thinking more from, and people will probably disagree with this, but more from the mentoring and stuff he was getting like in his role in the team that he, the opportunities offered to him, I think, is more. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, if you if you talk to him, you said, hey, you said, hey, Kakuda, you know, your time in Vancouver, you leave and whatever, is there anything you would change? Is there anything you would do differently about your time here? I would hope he would say, yeah, I made some mistakes. I got some things wrong, but I learned from it. Yeah, maybe buy an alarm clock would be one of them. <laughs> now, now he, his, his rights, like you said, were owned by Columbus. Yes. And they are moving possibly to Austin, yes, where he, he is kind of to, from. Well, yeah, he so talk, it's, talked about that. It's going to be the, the, like he'll come there. Does he, is he going to leave Austin to come to Vancouver? I was going to say to him, would you want to go back and play in Austin for the crew? The Austin crew, I imagine they're going to be called. No, um, I, I, I Austin Aztec. I don't want to put him on the spot because he'll just get loads of abuse from Columbus fans. I thought that wasn't fair. But next time we see him, we'll ask him that. Anyway, we'll be back with more after this. I'm David Edgar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Robotic. That's Han- what that song was called. Hannah, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. That's Hannah, why I threw that to you. Damn it, you set me up. <laughs> um, no, but uh, it's Canadian. It's Canadian artist. Uh, good song. I like it. Yeah. Now, we were talking about the Canadian Premier League in part three, and we've got a tweet I want to read from Greg Petrie at Our Dumb World. He says, I continue to be highly sceptical of the long-term viability of the Canadian Premier League. Owners in all sports say they're in it for the long haul until the bills start to really come in. I think there's a lot of fans and a bit of a bubble in this. It's a fair thing because it is easy to say you're in it in the long haul until you maybe start to see some losses. Listen, I, in, if, if they're smart business people, they're going to realize there is a bubble, but they're going to they're gonna want to keep it, once it drops down, they want to keep it at that level. I think they understand that it is going to drop a little and then, then they just slowly Ho- rise. Hopefully. Yeah. So you get out before the bubble burst, like all this. Have you you've heard all these like crazy rumors? No. Oh, about like here in here in Vancouver with the MLS side. Oh yes. All, all those crazy, the crazy, crazy. 
crazy which rumors really, that the which, caps might be up for sale. Which really know. shows their lack of ambition. If that's really what they want to do, if they really want to, they really want to sell and move and then keep the name and move into CPL. It really shows that, their that true colors. That was one rumor we've heard. Yeah, I know. I don't know if that's true. That's yeah. a far fetched yeah. rumor. I, I personally feel, but but then well, but the thing is, you start hearing it from multiple places. That's when it starts to be yeah. like, wait, what? But then you this do is... wonder where the original one came from. <laughs> but no, I, I I called it when we talked about it before that the, eventually the Whitecaps, TFC, and Montreal would be in the CPL. I, I didn't genuinely it, have that, no issue with that, and yeah. I know oh, a lot of people. I do. do I, I, do I do down the road because it's your your national league, and once the league establishes itself and, and and moves forward, yeah. But, but to me, the Whitecaps are my club. Yeah, no problem with that. They've been the club that I've had since I came here. You're your local club. That's yeah. fine. Sorry to, sorry to go on the tangent. Yeah, like, it's, let's, a, it's let's a long weekend. So. Cana- cana- yeah, it's a long weekend. It's a long show. We're doing a three-hour AFT and, and soccer show and tonight. Pre- we hadn't the, planned it, but and, we're doing a three-hour And for hour once, the, the Whitecaps are playing on Saturday at home, so the preview show will probably come out on Thursday. So yeah. you have four days to listen to this. Yeah, three hours. Break it up. <laughs> I can do all my Jimmy Carr jokes now because we're after a long no, 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 no. Please, please. <laughs> right. right, let's talk some TSS. The, the Rovers got their PDL season off to a mixed start this week, but Monday night, they were hammered. No other word for it. 4-1, they got they, beat by Lane United. They was drinking before the match. Yeah, it looked like they were. <laughs> Some of the defending certainly looked like they were. But Lane it was United, early on, it was, I, I think, first game, you got a brand new team. How many friendlies the the, play, the preseason? They played two. Yeah, they kept two clean sheets. They beat UBC Thunderbirds and they beat Vancouver United PCSL team. So, but that's still not enough to uh, that's still not enough to like uh, bring well, the team. What was together. Lane's preseason? They beat someone called Starfire. Oh, that, you know what that is? Well, it's not. It's not. Oh, okay. No, it's not. Is it a team that plays out of Starfire? It's Starfire with a PH and two R's. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> down in Oregon, <laughs> they beat them eight two. <laughs> um, Portland Timbers played them as well and, and beat them 5-2 or something but yeah TSS Rovers didn't so get a first great start on no, Monday yeah, first yeah, game it's early a bunch of strangers looked like they didn't know each other but they turned it around they turned it around big time on Friday night if I guess you have seen team. this watch the YouTube stream I watched it, it great commentators I felt <laughs> I uh, i you, did, you disagree with that? Well, to be honest... Boy, I, the hesitation I, just tells it all. I you know, don't, you had, don't have to go any further there. No, I, I had it on mute because we were... You, doing, you don't like Gideon. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, no, I, I had it on mute because, I had it on mute because uh, we were doing something as a family or uh, we were doing. I was doing something with my kids or something. I forgot Lego? what we were doing. Yeah, I think Lego or, Lego or board game or something. Yeah. But anyway, back to TSS Rovers. They did win... In some style. They went behind on Friday night to Portland Timbers. And the guy that was missing made a big difference yeah, in that Nick, first game. Nick Sulzma missed the first game. For being an ex-TFC guy that we didn't like when he played for TFC, he has still got it. Obviously, he's, it's PDL level, but he's he touches. He organises on the pitch. He speaks to the guys. His movement off the ball. That's the difference between a professional player and these guys that want to be pros. Having someone like him involved with his team is really going to raise these guys' level. And I, I hope there's guys like that involved in the Canadian PL, like in all seriousness. Does he have his like Canadian PR card now, yes. or how does he qualify? Yeah, he, he's Canadian PR card, but he's okay. also applying for citizenship, so oh. he's in the, in the process for that. So he qualifies for the... Yeah, he qualifies. Second goal is by a Ukrainian guy. Canadians for Canadians. Ukrainian sounds like Canadian. <laughs> we do eat a lot of pierogies here. Or maybe Polish, I don't know. But anyway, he, he's a Canadian PR guy as well. Danilo Shmachenko. Yeah. He's played at high level under-21s in Ukraine. And again, 
you see the difference. And then ho- hopefully this is what the Canadian PL is going to do. It's yeah. going to get the... Like, when, when you see our Canadian guys going up against guys from... The top American guys or guys from overseas, because a lot of these teams have a lot of Hispanic players, some from Mexico, some from Spain. The difference in skill and quality compared to some of our Canadian guys, it's it's vast. Hopefully the Canadian Premier League can then rise the, these levels up a little bit. Yeah, and I think I think that's what it's there for to do. Yeah. Um it's going to bring these players uh more more opportunity to play and cuz you can't just train all the time. No. You need to play proper games and whether whatever skill level you're playing against, yeah. that will get you to that I, next I hope level. we do get to see some of these older guys like Sousma style, Nick yeah. Ledgerwood that's at Calgary Foothills just now. Well, David he, signed, he signed as a player coach yeah. for the, the yeah. CPL side. Yeah. So, I mean, David Edgar, is, as well, is another one who his influence on young Canadian guys in a Canadian PL team would be fantastic. Yeah, but I think right now he's with Nashville, and I think yeah. that will he'll get it back to him. Well, yeah, year. true. But hopefully some of these guys do want to come back and share their knowledge and experience. It's I'm only sure way the game's going to grow. Yeah. And they always need something to do after they're playing these, too. Yeah. So we're going to bring you a new section on the show now. I had hoped to kick this section off with Jordan Harvey. But we never got a chance to to ask him this when he came up. So we're going to kick it off instead with Jordan Much. This is all about TV and we're going to call this section TV OD. TV OD. TV OD. TV OD. What would you say is your favourite TV show at the moment? What is something that you don't want to miss every week? Um, I'm watching Homeland at the minute. Um, the new season, I think it's season seven now, so um, I've watched all of that and, yeah, it's, I think it's five episodes in, so every Sunday I get the the iTunes thing through on my phone and it's the new episode, so I always, Sunday or Monday, I decide... When, I, when I've got enough time to watch it and, uh, you know, sit down and enjoy it. And wh- what's your all-time favourite TV show? Like, what would you like to go back and revisit again and again? You maybe got DVDs or whatever off? Oh, that's a good question. There's, there's some good ones, but Game of Thrones is... I've probably watched that about three or four times over, and, you know, that's they've got a lot of seasons in that, so that, that's, that's up there with my best for sure. And is there a, a guilty pleasure you've got TV-wise that you probably shouldn't watch but you like watching any reality shows you and your wife might watch or something? Well, <laughs> I don't even want to go there with some of the reality TV shows that she wants to watch because I don't do any really of that. Um, my Game of Thrones, that's, that's it. Yeah, and it comes out next year, a year a year in March, I think it comes I know, out. I so know, it's horrible. Yeah, so it's... It's incredible. It's going to be emotional when it finishes. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, John. Cheers. TVOD. I don't need a TV screen. I just stick the aerial into my skin and let the signal run through my veins. TVOD. Jordan Much. TV overdose, TVOD. Did you did you like the music? That's yeah, not bad. It was interesting. It's from late seventies, the normal. Oh, excellent mm. name. Mm-hmm. We've got Eric Cartaro coming up next in that section. 
I, I agree with Jordan much, though. It's going to be quite emotional when Game of Thrones finishes. Yeah. When you've invested so much... I hope it's better than Lost. I was so disappointed with the ending of Lost. Oh, I don't worry. Don't, I haven't seen the ending of that. Really? I will never oh, watch it, but... Okay. In case I, I, I ever do. I, okay. I don't mind it as much. Like, if, like I think people over... They overanalyze shows too much. And they, they just don't want it to be the way that they... Just because it's not yeah. the way they want it, they get so disappointed. But that's the way the creators wanted but, it yeah, to end. But at least they can wrap it up. The thing that really annoys me is we've watched four seasons of Last Man on Earth. And then the fourth season's just finished on an amazing cliffhanger. And then Fox cancelled it? it. Yeah, that's what always happens. Always happens. Not going to get closure. It was like Pushing Daisies. I never got closure in that. Oh, either. I love Pushing Daisies. Oh. Pushing Daisies was a fantastic show. Really good. You never watched it? No, th- this sire is all about TV. It was, it was about somebody that can bring somebody back to life. Yeah, just by touching like, them. By touching them. Animals but then they, as well and But stuff. then they put, if they touched them again, they were done. Yeah, then they were dead. Totally gone. So the whole thing was he, he pushed somebody he actually was in love with. Yes. Uh, made him alive, back. but then couldn't put, touch then her again. They, he so be, it was like... They had to wear, he had to wear gloves and stuff when they cut and, and then, Oh, like Rogue in X-Men. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that was a fantastic show. Caitlin and me have kind of thought... If there's any shows that's a bit quirky that we like, we know not to get too invested in it because it's going to get cancelled. Yeah, I've had that happen with a couple yeah. shows in the past. That's why you can always watch those Netflix shows because they already have all the episodes yeah, inv- done and they're yeah, done. They invest so in you it. don't have I to think, worry about it. That's, that's why, why he was, he was watching Homeland. On yeah, Netflix, that's yeah. why it's good to binge as well because you know what you're getting. Yeah. Like, I'm way behind in some shows. Right? Grim. I have four seasons of Grim to catch I just up caught up on Black Lightning. That's very grim. <laughs> I just caught up on Black Lightning. It's a comic book oh, show. It's really oh. good. Oh, because it's got, a very solid show. Have I got Netflix? And the yeah. answer is no. Yeah. Because I have so much stuff to catch up on. Yeah, there's no point of getting Netflix. No. Yeah. I should ask Bernie Abini what Australian shows he's watching because I've been watching a few of those of late. Harrow, really recommend that. Yeah. It's about a pathologist with a dark scene. I, I, I recommend if you're into superhero shows, one of the craziest shows out there is called Legion. Um, it's on FX. Is that DC? No, it's, uh, oh, it's X Men. Oh, it's Marvel. It's it's basically oh, yeah. uh, Professor X's kid, and he is um uh, like a, a head case. I saw the pre- a preview. Total head case, and the show is just out there. Like oh. it's completely out there. You don't expect what you see, and things are going all over the place. Did he get renewed, or is it on Netflix? It's on second season's out right now. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, I know you haven't tuned in to listen to Football Talk, but we are in hour three of the AFT and Soccer Show. And you now- haven't turned in to listen to Football Talk? <laughs> you have. <tuned laughs> we're almost done. Talk. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're yeah, we're always there. We're going to get up to midnight. Hang in there. I told my wife I'd be home by 11.30. But anyway, it's time now for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, features and links. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night bcsoccerweb.com What's been catching your eye in the site this week, Steve? Um, a couple things. Uh, first of all, uh, we have... Um, you remember that the, uh, the, the whole league that was coming up and they were going to put that league together? Um, with the like the super super league basically oh, yeah, with yeah. all the club. I thought you meant the, the Canadian club. Premier League. The World Club Cup once every four years. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so the uh, the the FIFA president has gotten some help, um, some backing um, uh, from uh, the club is kind of obviously Real Madrid. Boo. Uh, they're looking for money, obviously. Boo. Uh, but but UEFA uh, overall is raising doubts because they're talking about 
they don't like the the way it's getting together. It's like there's a deadline, a quick deadline, and they're not getting the proper info of what's going on with it. So that they're finding finding it sketchy. Also, all. they want to control a lot of the money themselves. Yeah, so they're a little bit worried that they're giving their rights. Take, and stuff. take away from Champions League. Yeah. Um, a couple follow ups uh, as well. Uh, we have to talk about. Um, uh, Guerrero for yeah. Peru. And he, he lost his thing. Chris Guerrero that plays for TSS? No, no. Oh. Uh, I can't remember. It was Paulo Guerrero. Paulo Guerrero, thank you. Um, he it's is Jose Paulo Guerrero. It's been know. extended, his um, his his band, to yeah. basically 14 months, I think, they extended, which takes him completely out of the World Cup. Yeah. Um, some new stuff that we have. That uh, didn't, didn't result in Jordi Reyna making the Peru squad like it did in yeah. the qualifying. Uh, a World Cup referee from Saudi Arabia has ban- has been banned now for in a match fixing case. Now, it, it, officially, nothing's happened where he did take money. Uh, the reason he was uh, banned was he used WhatsApp to ask a team official uh, for money to help him for the win, like to help the team to win the game. So he used WhatsApp basically, basically giving the evidence, and the official went to the Saudi Arabia, obviously football federation or whatever. Why would you use what? I mean, twat faces the the, the <laughs> app to use for that. Well, you actually, you know what you do? You go in person, so they don't have any evidence. Well, that as well, yeah. <laughs> so Sporting Lisbon had some angry fans invade their practice facility. Yeah, about that, fifty people. I angry. One word for them. Don't mess with the ultra. No. Yeah, they basically started attacking players, yeah. staff, and trashing the offices. Um, one of the players that the pictures were displayed was a uh, former, uh, I think it was uh, from Bundesliga. He played there. Didn't he? Ooh, Bastos? Yeah. yeah. He played there. Well, Freddy Montero was, was involved as well. He had a few scrapes and scratches from yeah. it. So uh, I don't know what the, the, I don't see, I don't see, I haven't seen a follow up on it, what's going on. Um, it's obviously I think they did detain about twenty one people afterwards, but uh, no updates on that. Yeah, why did they attack them against? Because they're not very good. Right. Because yeah. yeah. they, they didn't they finished third. Yeah, which I think takes them out of Champions League if yeah. I'm not mistaken. We finished third last year. Well, there's some angry people here yeah, too. Just saying. Not not the same extent. Um, Roy Donovan, a player. Uh, from uh, A League Australia, he was in the A League Grand Final between uh, between Newcastle and Melbourne. He plays for Newcastle. They lost one nothing. The reason why he's in the news is he's been handed a ten game a ten match oh, yeah. suspension. You told me about this. Yeah, uh, you unfortunately, I, I was going to send you guys the video. I didn't get a chance, but basically, what happened was it was one of the it was in injury time. I think third minute in, and there was a ball sent into the box. The ball was going, basically the keeper was grabbing it in his hands right in front of his face. What Roy Donovan uh, decided to do was send his foot studs up into his face. And basically, like a, they called it a ninja kick into his face. It's essentially long tanned, but a little higher into the face area. So Roy O'Donovan completely knocked it, knocked the goalie out. He wow. was able to gain and finish the game, but uh, yeah, they sent him off right away, and it was a ten match suspension. It took two, three days to. That was the controversial out. game we talked about last week, where VAR was not working. Yeah, yeah. well, they didn't need they VAR didn't for need that VAR, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had the marks on his face. Yeah, um, the NASL's federal antitrust lawsuit against uh, USSF and MLS is proceeding. Um, essentially. The reason why this this is news is because the USSF and MLS are not filing a motion to dismiss, which you think they would, but they're. I think what they want looking to do is they're looking to put this in court 
waste NASL's time and then finally get a definitive answer that they are not going to be able to win this case. And I think they just want to put this through so to put, put it to bed because if they get, keep getting dismissals, they're just going to go to another court and try to get it again. So they're just going to waste every time. So I think that's what they're trying to do. It seems like it to me. Yeah, that make that makes total. I hadn't I had no, thought. No, that nobody's that nobody's mentioned that, but said, that's my idea. Yeah, now that you said that, that makes total sense. Yeah, cost for Man- Minnesota United Stadium, Alliance Field is rising. Um, it's, it's essentially it was going to start off at 150 million uh, for the cost of the stadium. It raised to 200. Now it's up to 250. So they are they've gone over basically by 100 million. The Alliance Field, yeah. The um, we've we never there's never been like a situation out here where a stadium costs more than it was supposed to, right? That would never happen. No, I, I, what, what did the waterfront stadium end up costing in the end? What, did, what happened with that roof here? Uh, oh yeah, that, that was, was supposed to be a few bucks, and then it was like a, we have a roof. <laughs> the sales cost the, quite a bit. Too. The people's the people's stadium. Another one. Uh, first of all, I, this is the, this is an article about the um, new Canadian jersey. What do you guys think it was released this year? Uh, this week, sorry. Um, what did you guys th- thought of it if you saw it? I it, was, it was all right. I didn't it, think it was anything special. But, I, I concur. But there was like the, the uh, didn't they have that V shape and then there was maple leaves right in the, uh, um, just below the neck. You didn't notice that? Okay. Uh, okay. No. I guess nobody noticed <laughs> that. Maybe, I guess it wasn't that special. I, I didn't get a big dramatic thing tell me that the red was for the color of the whatever. And... <laughs> no press release. The, the only picture of it, like the only picture I've seen of it is yeah. not detailed the whole thing. It's yeah. Like, yeah. People standing wearing it. That's why, that's why I didn't think it was anything special. But we'll, maybe we'll see a little bit better down the road. Last one we have here is from the World Cup 2026. The task force ruling on the Morocco 2026 eligibility is expected to, uh, around the end of May. They have the May 29th deadline. This is the one that essentially is saying, is this country capable of hosting the World Cup before it gets to a vote? And, and obviously Morocco is still arguing about some of these criteria. And another thing they're arguing about is um, they're asking uh, FIFA to like ban... Uh, Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands for voting because they're going to they've been governed by the U.S. But FIFA is kind of turning a blind eye to them about that. Um, another issue they have is the, apparently yeah, this is uh, an interest. Nigeria, one. who we talked about, I think a, a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, I got an about, email from about, a guy that was going to give me money. Uh, no, not that, but oh. the, about the Trump. Um, Trump. Yeah, Trump's he's basically talking, threatening threatening them, yeah. and, and he, he said that with the Nigerian um, yeah. president there, or prime minister, he was there. So it looks like Nigeria and South Africa are. It sounds sounds like that they're planning to break and, and vote for United Twenty Twenty Six and uh, Morocco. The uh, sorry, the Confederation of uh, African Football President uh, Ahmad Ahmad is trying to get them to kind of African teams to, a uh, country, sorry, to kind of get to act together yeah. and try to show United Front. once two break ranks, you have to think others will be like, oh, I don't want to have sanctions from the US exactly. or lose trade deals. And so I guess that's... So tweet, Trump's actually been very the clever. The tweets, tweets worked. Yeah. So yeah. That, that is it. Interesting week. Yeah. There was, you, there was a couple other fun ones in there. Well, we because we ran so over. Oh, if you okay. want to talk about it, we could bring it up. Well, I just found it interesting that uh, Platini came out and said, "Yeah, oh yeah, that when one. we were organizing the World Cup in '98 in France, we made sure that Brazil and France were not on the same side of the bracket because we wanted Brazil, France." In the but final. I don't know how they arranged that because it is a uh, like the ball pole. Yeah, oh, there's an easy way. Those balls, that. those balls, you just you, put a dent make, in, or you, you make it cold. Yeah, one, yeah. One's, one's cold. One's yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. Like, uh, yeah, so uh, like I, I didn't bring it up because only because nobody. 
really uh, mentioned of how it could get done. And mm-hmm. maybe it was just off the cuff. Nobody know. I didn't know the context of how it was, he said it. Was it was always the the old joke in Scotland that that's how Celtic and Rangers got kept apart in draws. Oh, okay. like you had different temperature balls or whatever, and yeah. But that is it for for this week's show. Are Sorry, sh- it's only sure? two and a half hours. Are you sure? Yeah. Thanks for listening as always. We'll be back probably Thursday with the, the preview podcast. Joe, Nick, and Gideon, the trifecta will return. Oh, that's good. So watch out for I that. I swear to God, we can't have him watching comedians. <laughs> before he comes hey, you didn't mention your shirt this whole time. Yeah, you said us not to mention yeah, it. Yeah, like, don't mention it. I was waiting for you. Oh, because I, I, I played it. I was going to play the Celine Dion song, but then because the, oh. she's on the soundtrack for Deadpool. I'm wearing a Deadpool oh, t-shirt. Oh, yeah. that's why you've got a long face. And I just wanted to make a... Uh, 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 a a general comment to parents: Don't take your kids to Deadpool. Whatever you do, it's it's like a Jimmy Carr concert. <laughs> or, so or, or recommended then? <laughs> Not for kids though. Oh, okay. There was somebody there with a baby. Well, the baby, I don't. Uh, a baby probably, who can't understand what's yeah, being said. Yeah, yeah still. Who takes a baby to a comedy I think show? Did, 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 did he heckle or did he? No, he didn't see oh, the baby. Oh. I just saw her breastfeeding afterwards. Oh. That is it for this week's show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. Uh, for me, it's at Zachary M, and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff on AFTN.ca, away from the numbers. Give us a follow on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. We'll be back next week. Usual time of 11 o'clock. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Yeah. Mm-hmm.